Rock 106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. This morning at 8 a.m., we will talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get a little State of the Union of your Cleveland Browns as they fell to 0-13 yesterday. Losing yet again at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. I personally feel like that was probably the last real shot they had to win a game. A lot of people say in San Diego on Christmas Eve. We'll see how that turns out. We'll talk to Scott. 8 a.m. this morning. Joined this morning by Matthew Fantone. How are you? Uh, good. What's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, dude, just uh, coming off of a... Uh, I actually got a little bit of my weekend. I wasn't scheduled to. I was scheduled to uh, bartend both Friday and Saturday. Right. But uh, Saturday, I guess, uh, the show didn't sell as well as they had hoped. And so Friday night, he said to me, he's like, look, he's like, I don't want to make you drive all the way in for nothing. He's like, you know, you live far. He's like, I'm not going to make you drive all the way up here for nothing. He's like, if you want out of it, I'll totally let you out of it. And I said, dude, you know what? I want out of it. So I I only had to work Friday, had Saturday, uh, you know, to myself, which was nice. Uh, I, and, and dude, I, uh, I, I just relaxed all weekend, just beached myself on the couch, watched movies, did that whole thing. It was awesome. Sounds very worthless all weekend. That's just it. Sitting around, That's lazy, it. fat piece of crap. That's it. Absolutely. I think a lot of America pulled that this weekend. It felt like the, uh, the weather. The, well, number one, the weather, uh, you know, obviously plays into it, but I think this is like the, uh, the little bit of like halftime between Thanksgiving and Christmas where it's like, well, dude, I don't have to like really go shopping. I can do that next weekend. I don't really have to get anything ready. We still got like two weeks till Christmas, right. so this was kind of the uh, the last... Uh, the and people last, are saving money. Yeah, the last bastion of laziness right there. Absolutely, yeah. So I uh, yeah, I didn't do much. How about you? Uh, the biggest news of my weekend was the Canton Charge game Saturday night, dude. They win? Absolutely rocking time in the Civic Center. Canton Charge won by 10 points over nice. the Bayhawks. It was huge. Uh, right. Coming up on the 16th, it is going to be uh, Cavs night down at the Charge game. Is that so right? this weekend, yeah, this is a uh, this is a hot ticket. You want to be a part of it this weekend. But dude, it was an awesome night. It was, a, uh, it was an awesome crowd. The biggest crowd they've had since opening night of this year, so it was uh, it was a pretty packed house. It was championship hat night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was those Larry O'Brien hats, and they they look sharp, man. So uh, actually, Cavs night on uh, the sixteenth, uh, black jerseys you're getting, you know the sleeve ah, ones. Yeah? yeah, 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 yeah. So they're uh, they're giving they're giving out good stuff, man. You just got to come. Oh, I want to go to that. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I want one of those. You got people in the, you got people in the in the industry. <laughs> I I want I, I want one of those jerseys. Yeah, so no, so that was the biggest thing of the weekend. Other than that, I mean, I honestly wasn't too far off of you. Kind of half-assed watched the Browns game yesterday. Uh, sat around watching a bunch of stupid TV shows and stuff like that. It was, it was pretty nice. Uh, I, I did watch the Browns game yesterday. We'll get to that here in a second. Okay. However, this whole week, honestly, this week go, all, all the way up until the 23rd, we're doing, and I didn't know about this until Sunday night. Okay, Stansbury stocking stuffers. There this is go. where you're getting a you're getting a gift card worth a fifty worth fifty dollars or more. And uh, it's different businesses, and it'll change every hour on the program. Like this morning, starting at 6 o'clock, 6.20 this morning, a $50 gift certificate to High Voltage Carding. Awesome. Right? Awesome. And then at 7 o'clock, we'll get you hooked up with a $50 gift card for like TD's uh, Tailgate Grill or Twisted Citrus or one of the other 1,000 restaurants that Scott owns in Canton, Ohio. And then 8 a.m., a uh, a $50 gift card for Sluggers and Putters. Maybe a little delayed use on that one. Well, nonetheless, but Sluggers and Putters has, like, indoor stuff that they can oh, go to. Oh, do they? Yeah, that's, that's a year-round thing. And, dude, as, uh, you're, as you're going into, uh, what do I want to say? As you're going into Christmas break with your kids, all this stuff, perfect, dude. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Sluggers and Putters, bam, high-voltage indoor card. Dude, what are we doing? Dad, what are we doing? Dad, what are we yeah. doing? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're going to high voltage indoor cars. Which you should. I mean, yeah. your kid will love that. Yeah. And uh, and at nine o'clock, we're supposed to give something away. I don't think we're gonna. I kind of want to hoard it. And it's a fifty dollars uh, gift card to Donato's Pizza. Ah, I was gonna say Sandsbury. Yeah. You can't start hoarding the prizes, dude. That's not gonna. Be I can do whatever good. I want. I can do whatever the hell I want. 
No, yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's every hour on the program starting uh, this morning all the way up until the 23rd. Uh, doing a little stocking stuff for situation. You're getting a gift card worth uh, $50 or more um, to some area local business. You know what uh, part of this is, actually, is uh, we have eight packs of uh, charge tickets as part of this, too. In the uh, in the industry, they call this cleaning out the prize closet. Yeah, They're they like, do. dude, look at all this stuff we haven't given away this year. Translation, this is everything nobody came and got the whole rest of the year. We give people 30 days to come get it. They don't do it. We recycle it, and now you're going to benefit. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need to win those. And it's going to be here shortly, just a few minutes. So I did watch the Browns game yesterday. And I don't know why, but I got all excited about it. I woke up in the morning, and I was like, okay, you know what? Like, Let's go grocery shopping. Let's get some food. Let's get to, let's get the whole thing. And let's, let's just relax and watch the Browns game. So I got a good six-pack of IPA, got some food, sat down, started watching it, and of course, they were trash. And I mean trash. Dude, RG3 sucks. And people can talk to me, oh, you know, 12 weeks, he was out, you know, he didn't play for 12 weeks. Dude, that guy sucks. He can't make throws. I, I think what's 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 what you can say about him is what's always been said about him is I don't know if it's said he can't make throws. I think he's a good enough athlete. I just don't think he can like see the position the way he needs to. I don't think he understands what being a quarterback is. He missed. Yeah, he can chuck the ball. There's no question about that. The dude can run. There's no question about that. But- I don't have. I see people get all you know about arm strength about how many yards you can throw the ball. I don't care about that. He can't throw the ball 15 yards accurately. I don't care if he can throw it 45 yards on the field. Doesn't matter. If you can't throw a 15-yard slant, I, dude, you suck. You're not a pro quarterback. He is so inaccurate at 15 yards. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it really is. It's frustrating to watch what seems to be like, like, like a good kid in high school where it's like, all right, he's got the arm. He can run. He can do yeah. this. And he never moved forward in like that, that progression that he needed. Don't to. get me wrong. Arm strength you totally need as a quarterback, especially if you're going to play in the AFC North, the cold snow, that, that air. You're going to need a ball that cuts through. But... So him being able to throw the ball far away, fine, that's great. And yet, every time the TV announcers were talking about that, about, well, you know, he has all the arm you need, it's like they always mentioned it after he threw the ball all the way downfield and underthrew it by 15 yards. So it's like, well, does he have all the arm you need, though? Because it doesn't look like it from here. Now, some of it rust. I get it, right? Some of it is totally going to be rust. Any performance-based job. I didn't do this job for a few years. First time I did a show here, not so great, right? You're going to have some rust on it. Totally get it. But... By quarter three, you haven't found a little bit of a rhythm? Um, you know, and certainly not to try to sound like I'm on the RG3 bandwagon or anything like it, but the same breaks I feel like you cut, you know, Hugh Jackson, you got to cut RG3 too when you have a very, very crappy offense that you're working well, with right there. Well, I forget the kid's name, but he, I mean, and they ended up getting the touchdown because RG3 ran it in. But he threw to that, it wasn't Barnage, it was one of, I think it was one of our other tight ends. Yeah. The guy turns around and drops the ball on like the one yard line. And it was like nobody around him, ball perfectly placed. That, and I even tweeted out, I was like, well, can't put that one on RG3. Yeah, it was the short white dude, I can't remember what his name is. Should be easy to remember a short white dude on a football field. But. I think number 40, but yeah, at the end of the day, and I think Scott from Winnie for Next Year tweeted this out. And, you know, first I got pissed about it. That this guy dropped it, and he's like, and then I remembered, this is the only team in the NFL that would put him out on the field. Why? Why would I yeah. get pissed about that? That's true. He's not an NFL caliber player. So, yeah, um, what's he doing out there? I, I, you know, 
I, I, I certainly agree with you. RG3 showed that he is not the guy of the future. I think we also saw the severe shortcomings of the Cleveland Browns, which wasn't a surprise to anybody. But, dude, I think there were some serious, serious head scratchers coming from the coaching position yesterday, and the flea flicker obviously being one of them. When that play happened yesterday, my jaw hit the ground. And not because it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe in the NFL. But, like, what are you doing throwing the flea flicker out of your own end zone, which I, in the triple coverage, okay. that was... Dude, that was terrible play calling. Terrible. Okay, I have less of a problem with the play call than I do with with the execution of the play. I think you're playing a team in the Cincinnati Bengals who you know inside and out because you used to coach there, and they're, they're a divisional opponent, so you know you know the staffs pretty well. And you're trying to throw... You're trying to shake things up. You're trying to, you know, get them backed up on their heels. I like the play call, actually. I thought the play call was all right. It's just RG3 shouldn't be throwing the ball on an NFL field, and he sure as hell shouldn't be throwing in a triple coverage. You got to throw that ball away. That's been his problem all along, is that ever since he's been at Baylor, everybody's been running up to RG3 just telling him how goddamn special he is, and now this idiot believes he can make all these plays. You're not Aaron Rodgers, dude. You're not. You're a third, fourth-string bum. You should have been a fourth-round pick because you're a bum. And you don't have the playmaking ability for this. You don't. Even your first year in Washington, that was all smoke and mirrors. I had no problem. I I, I mean, I all right. I shouldn't say no problem with the call. When I saw it, I was like, well, that's kind of crazy. But it's you can you can trick defenses. You can you can you can pull defenses into into a little bit of a sleep there where they think you're going to run the ball with Isaiah Crowell. Next thing you know, you're throwing the ball downfield. RG3 just doesn't have the arm to do it. I kept hearing it, you know, they kept saying that yesterday. Well, yeah, that's all the arm you need. It's like, well, why is every ball underthrown by eight yards then? Because he doesn't have all the arm you need at all. Not even close. It was ugly yesterday. People keep telling me, oh, well, you know, they're going to beat the Chargers on Christmas Eve because, you know, they're a West Coast team and they're a passing team and then you're going to be here and it's going to be snow and, you know, it's going to be cold. And the plus, you know, and I don't know why people get hung up on this. You know, a West Coast team has to travel to the East Coast. Yeah, I know. 53 professional millionaires have to get on a, <laughs> have to get on a chartered plane. In fly in comfort. They're not getting on United. You know what I mean? It's, it's like Philip Rivers isn't catching the red eye. That's not happening. And you have to remember, too, I mean, they're going from starting the game what feels like at 1 o'clock to them to 10 o'clock in the morning. It's not that much of a difference. And it's not like it's not like they're flying 12 hours across the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. eh, it's not that much of a change. I don't see them winning that game. I don't see them winning a game. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. At eight o'clock this morning, as we alluded to, we have uh, we have some prizing. It's every hour on the program all this week, leading up until the twenty third of December. We have a fifty dollar minimum, at least minimum, gift card to give you to different businesses. This morning, six a.m.'s version is high voltage indoor carding. Caller fifteen at one eight hundred. 243-7625. We'll send you to high voltage carding in hand with a $50 gift card. Be right back when we're Sansbury Show. Hang on. Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. We're online at WRQK.com. Every hour on the program this morning. And every morning leading up until the 23rd of December, you're getting hooked up with at least a $50 gift card to a to a business. If not more. 
Businesses shall change this morning at 6. We already passed out a $50 gift card to High Voltage. Coming up at 7 o'clock, you'll get hooked up $50 in TD's Tailgate Grill or Twisted Citrus. Nice. So we're going to lose a few listeners right now. All right. All right. We're just going to we're just going to understand that some people just can't be made to be happy. And we're going to throw them right out of the listening base. Out. Get out. See ya. Out. And that's dude. There's a woman here, Pam in Canton, who's furious with us. Okay. All right. With me more more so. And she is claiming that I am disrespectful. Okay. Now, I have been disrespectful on plenty of subjects. I don't feel like as if I've been disrespectful yet this morning. I'm sure if you're RG3, you don't love everything I said to start right, the program right, out. Right, right. But overall, I don't think calling a, a, a you know an 0 13 football team bad is disrespectful. I think it's honest. I don't know if you can disrespect the Browns at this point. You know what I mean? Like they are a, a toilet team. They are. It's like take it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you can literally crap on the Browns, and they're just like, yeah, all right, man. We kind of deserve that, and, and and that's okay. Her issue isn't uh, the fact that we were talking about the Browns. She wants to control the rundown of the program, and she doesn't feel like we're talking about things fast enough for Pam. Okay. So Pam can pick up from the sound of my voice that she can basically <laughs> f off is how I feel about that. Okay. And I was choosing to get to a very heated local story a little later in the program and wasn't going to start out the program as somberly as humanly possible. Wasn't going to do that. Okay. I was choosing on where to put things and I was going to wait until a little later in the program, what is called the money hours of the show, Pam, to tell people the big story of the day. But since you're a program director for all of about 15 minutes, Pam, we shall address your issue. You dumbass. She's furious with me, and I'm sure some of you are, and this is one of the reasons why I'm going to talk about this early and not wait till 8 o'clock like we were going to. She's mad at us and me for my decision-making over the fact that I chose to start the program out by asking you about your weekend and talking about the Cleveland Browns Mm -hmm. and trying to get a little rhythm into the program Mm -hmm. before talking about this accidental gunfire shot that happened with a Stark County officer. If you haven't heard... There's not a ton of info on it. Stark County Sheriff's Office confirms Chief Deputy killed an accidental shooting. That's about all the info that I had seen thus far from Fox 8, Canton Repository, and all that. I was going to wait a little while till more info came out to tell you the story. But she says, how disappointing you talked about the Cleveland Browns before you offer condolences to our Stark County thin blue line on the loss of Chief Deputy John Campbell. Bring your standards up. Okay, Pam, this is the part where I'm going to remind you that last summer we went to the Fallen Offers Memorial. Fantone and I went, middle of the day, weren't working, took our own time and went to show respect for the people who do that job. But I bet you didn't know that, did you, Pam? You didn't. You just wanted to fire off your fat mouth this morning and be pissed because I didn't address something that you care about yet. It wasn't the fact that I hadn't addressed it at all. You saw, you, 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 you want to write me at 10.05 after the show's over and be like, dude, how dare you go an entire day and not mention that? Okay, you might have a leg to stand on. 6.20? You're firing off angry emails because I haven't talked about it yet? That's what's happening? How about I was waiting for more info to be respectful? So I know what to say because accidental discharge isn't enough of the story. That's what the repository has. That's what Fox 8 has. That's what Channel 3 has. I haven't seen any more info other than that. I was going to wait a little while, try to find it, and try to get it out to you. If you listen to this program, did you 
honestly, as the guy who's been backing up cops for years now, while everybody else is out there trying to say that they're all racist and I was trying to get their back forever in here, that I don't care? Where were you, Pam, at the Fallen Officers Memorial? I didn't see you there. I also didn't see you last week at Officer Lamar Sharp's Toy Drive for Kids. I didn't see you at that either. Do I get to come to your work and call you disrespectful? Do I get to come to your house and judge your decision-making? No, of course not, because you don't have a public figure job. And I understand that this is how it works, okay? But you want to hold my feet to the flame, do it over stuff that I'm legitimately guilty of. Because there's plenty. I'm not perfect. God knows. Far from it. Not in any way, shape, or form. Not in my life. Not, in, not, not as a broadcaster. Not in, not in anything. Plenty to pick apart with this program, but not getting the back of cops enough isn't one of them. That's not one of them. And I felt like, you know what? This was local, and a guy died. So how about I get all the info I possibly can so I'm not wading into serious waters without the info? This isn't a guy getting caught masturbating in Walmart. I can, I can have half the info on that. I know how to get home from there. This is serious. So I wanted more info. You're not a program director, Pam. You're, prob- you're probably barely a swing shift manager where you work. So I don't know why it is you think that you can judge me on what I do. I don't understand that. And see, broadcast professionals will tell you what I'm doing right now is, is a mistake. Don't, don't, don't give in to the haters. Screw that. I'm old school. You want to open your mouth, that's fine. But when I do it, then everybody cries foul. Because I'm better at opening my mouth than you are, Pam. Because I'm better at it than you are. And now you're going to get your feelings hurt. And you're going to run and tell your husband and your cousins. And now I'm going to get six emails of people telling me they're never going to listen ever again because I was rude to you. I don't care. I don't care. A guy died. I want the info before I just like, yo, Fantone, dude died. I don't want to do that. I wanted the info. So I reached out to a few people I know in the area. I was like, yo, man, can you get me filled in on this? Was waiting to get that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Does, does, is, is Pam going to be okay if we play Rush? Like, is that going to be all right? Or is that disrespectful? Can we do something else? Or does it just have to be an hour-long broadcast of, of, of what she finds important? Is, or is, is Nirvana No, okay? because now that I mentioned it, she's going to go back and listen to Mix. That's exactly what she's going to do. That's exactly what you're going to do. You're going to go back and listen to Paul Abdul now because I did what you wanted. I gave you what you wanted, which I mentioned it, which, by the way, Pam, I didn't even really talk about it. You know why? Because I was too busy yelling at you. Her excuse now is, I'm sorry. I just wanted you to talk about it before people got to work. Okay. Well, I have a guy who decides that kind of stuff for me or helps me decide that kind of stuff here. It's a program director. It took that guy 30 years to get that job. Because you have to be good at it before they'll just let you do it, Pam. So how about we'll handle that. You pack your kid's lunch and stay at home. And we'll handle the adult things. How about that? We're obviously going to talk the subject again a little later in the program in depth when we do get a little bit more info. And I don't mean to be disrespectful. I really don't. But this happened just last week where somebody was like, you didn't talk about this. No, you just didn't happen to hear us talk about it. Is everybody satisfied? Are you satisfied? That's everybody, the question. You good? You happy? You everybody good? get everybody get what they wanted. I just I've never seen anything like this 
in my life. In my life. I have no idea, way, shape, or form on how that job is done, but let me give you my opinion how you should do it. It's insanity. Insanity. (laughs) All right. We do have some more local Canton news that I do have the info on, and I was planning on giving you that at 645 anyway, so we'll do it next. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9, coming up at 7 o'clock, 7.20, rather, win, your, uh, win yourself a $50 gift card to TD's Tailgate and Grill, or Twisted Citrus, or Cavatelli's, all owned by the same owner there. You can use the gift card at any one of those three restaurants. He actually has a fourth restaurant coming. Which I believe they're gonna, they're going to put in Jackson Township, and he's reviving. I guess, and I was I didn't live here then, so I don't know. But he's reviving a uh, a very famous Mexican restaurant brand here. I can't remember what it's called, Trace Gringos or something like that, or the Three Amigos. Three Amigos, or I, I don't. But from people I talked to, apparently that was like a wildly popular restaurant brand here in Jackson Township back in the day. I, I obviously, I mean, I never ate there, but. Yeah, would they have chips and salsa? A little tortilla with a little beef on top of that? Sour cream on the side? I love it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mexican food, not the toughest there. Let me guess. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, there's a dollar margarita special. Let me guess. So win yourself $50 gift card, TD's Tailgate Grill, Twisted Citrus. That's where I, me personally, I would use it at Twisted Citrus. Not that TD's isn't great, but if you haven't been to Twisted Citrus yet, that, uh, dude, for breakfast and, like, brunch, it's so good. It's swanky breakfast. Yes. You don't think that you could make, like, sausage gravy and biscuits swanky, but all of a they sudden, Twisted Citrus. Yeah. Fancy-ass scramble So Scott eggs. said to me, because, you know, we know the guy that owns that place a little bit, and he said to me, he goes, you know, I gave you guys those gift cards to pass out. He's like, I expect a little extra love on those. And I said to him, I was like, okay, well, what did I get for the first two years when I moved down here and ate in your restaurants every single day, checked in from there, watched every football game at TD's? What did I get for that? A bill. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That'll be $36.50, Stansberry. That's what I got. That's what I got. So we'll do those around 7.20 this morning. I'll never understand people as, as long as I live. Okay. All right. So if you were listening to the program, uh, you know, a little earlier, last breakout, I had uh, taken issues with a listener, Pam, who was all upset with me because I didn't mention something yet. And so we uh, got into a little bit of an exchange. She was like, thanks, did exactly what I wanted. I know people don't listen to the radio at 8 o'clock in the morning, even though the scientific data says that's the highest listened to hour every year for the like the last 30 years. Again, I'll go back to Pam not being yeah. a program director. Yeah, I mean, Pam, let's be real here. If we want most people to hear it, it's not going to be at the second break of the show. No, it isn't. It's just not. Most people, no, it isn't. Most people aren't listening to the radio. So I, like, I was like, you know what? Just go find another show to listen to. I just don't care. I was like, just, just leave me alone with this. Right? Thousand, dude. There's iHeartRadio. I know yeah. there's iHeartRadio. They tell you to turn off our show in the commercial breaks and listen to like Disturbed Radio. I know there's other things. And so you know what she said to me? This What'd I'll never say? understand people as long as I live. No, you, it, it, I loved your reaction. That's what I love about you is that you're real. <laughs> I was like, okay, so dude, you can tee off on people even, and they don't even. Care. I was like, dude, I'll never understand people as long as I live. I don't get it. No, maybe this is a troll job. Maybe this is like, you know, I don't know. Somebody, I always forget about people like that. Somebody who's like, dude, you know what I'm going to do? So I'm going to get Stansbury all pissed off about something and laugh about it. So I don't know. I always forget that the people will do that because I would never do that ever. Like, it's, a, been, it's a very real thing. There's people out there right now who are actually probably inspired by my words and thinking, you know what? I'll email Stansbury at WRQK.com. Just something stupid that I know will get them all hot and bothered and worked up and get them screaming. You know what? If you want to do that, make it a song we can play for New Tour Tuesday tomorrow at 9 o'clock. <laughs> Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. That would be awesome.
All right. I do have a little local news here. Okay. Okay. As uh, some criminals, Canton, Ohio, going to be behind bars, thank God. Nice. A weeks-long investigation into gang activity. Reading from CantonRep.com now. Uh, led police and federal agents to arrest five people. They said they found three men and a woman in a Canton motel room. We all have movies that started like that. Uh, there's a, a loaded gun, crack cocaine. Jeez. And another man who had some cocaine, heroin, and packaging materials was in the adjoining room, apparently. Police Department Special Investigations Unit, FBI Safe Streets Task Force, and the Canton Police SWAT team went to the room as part of their weeks-long investigation into the Shorb Block Street Gang. Shorb B-L-O-C-C Street Gang. According to Stark County Jail Records, Shorb Block is uh, just a local street gang there, obviously. They were arrested uh, around 11 o'clock, I think, Thursday morning at the Town Manor. Yikes. Tivion Hall, DeJore Kelly, Clifton Smith, and Jennifer Mayer. And Jeff, uh, Jennifer Hefner, who had no permanent address. They didn't know where she lived. So my guess is she was living in this hotel with some of these guys. They found the men in possession of an undisclosed amount of crack cocaine, marijuana, had been packaged for sale in a loaded uh, Taurus 45 cal semi-automatic pistol. And one of the women had a heroin-filled syringe. This sounds like we sell these drugs so we can buy these drugs, or we keep this girl loaded up on these drugs so she can go out and turn tricks for us. Sounds like all of it. You know what I mean? Kind of sounds like all of it. Yeah, yeah. Selling drugs, trading drugs. We got guns. We got whores. We got all sorts of things. One stop shopping. Yeah, which is terrible, but not exactly surprising at the uh, at the Town Manor Motel. There, I don't know that which one. I'm I'm failing to remember. Is so the Canton Motel is like on the one side of the street. Is the Town Manor the one directly across? Directly across the Canton Motel that you're thinking of is the white one or the off white one, and uh, the one right across the street with like the big colorful sign. Like the from the sign from like the seventies, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, I've I've never. Well, if um, you can park at the door, it's not good. I've never stayed at the uh, at the town manor, but uh, you know, I make assumptions on well, it. I guess. Well, yeah, you're allowed to assume certain things. I remember when I first moved here, we were driving up the street, <laughs> and I had never seen the Canton Motel before. Now, this isn't where this happened at. Again, it was across the street. But I remember the first time I saw the Canton Motel, I just looked at Fantone. I was like, do you, you don't buy drugs there, do you? And he says to me, looks at me, he goes, well, I'm sure somebody buys drugs there. Not so me. Like, I don't do it. Go to suburbia for that kind of thing. Dude, yeah, I got to tell you, both those places always look super sketchy to me. Well, dude, honestly, you drive down Tusk, and there's some of those motels in, like, Perry Township, and even as you kind of get into Maslin, you can just look and just, honestly, you feel like you can catch something just driving by it. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they I uh, you? Bad boys, bad boys. I don't know. I uh, I, I th- when I first moved here, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to stay a night in there just no. to have. No, Stansberry. No, I kind of just wanted the experience. Now right. listen, now listen. I'm in the story business. If you say, you're like, hey, you know what? I want to stay at the McKinley Grand Hotel. A lot of history there. There's, you know, obviously a, a, a certain, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, a swankiness that comes along with yeah, it. Yeah, there is. But it, that's that's the McKinley, dude. You don't want to stay at the town. Dude, I want to get my kid rock on. 
No, you don't. I want to get my kid rock on. I feel like Can Motel is the best place to do that. You feel like we're a pretty well listened to uh, radio station in the can or the uh, the Town Manor Motel there. I would assume Rock 1069 is on a lot of those alarm clocks. Or blazing hip hop and R and B. Well, probably doesn't come in as well. You know what I'm saying? When you factor in that, you know, I feel like that's 881 territory. That's ZIP territory over there. I guess you know what? I bet it's split down the middle. Yeah, I bet you too. I bet it's split down the middle the way the Walther's parking lot is between Chrysler <laughs> 300s and Ford F-150s. That place has awesome food, but I've never seen a parking lot funnier than Walther's. You know who's in there just by driving by it. So five criminals off the street. That's good news. That is good news. That is great news. I would have to assume CPD is probably just posted up there today. I'm like, hey, we got five of them this weekend. We might as well keep this going, right? Hey, dude, I, I just don't understand why we don't bulldoze both. <laughs> just get it done. All right. 720 this morning. Get hooked up with a $50 gift card to TD's Tailgate Grill. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. City, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show. And are you looking for a great free gift just in time for the holidays? Of course you are. And now with prepaid from AT&T GoPhone, you can get a free ZTE Maven 2 smartphone when you activate eligible services. And the best thing about prepaid from AT&T, you're going to be on the AT&T 4G LTE network. That's right. You can get a free 4G LTE smartphone, the ZTE Maven 2, when you activate eligible services. And with prepaid from AT&T GoPhone, you don't have to worry about an annual contract. And if your credit is less than perfect, you got nothing to stress about. So this holiday season, you can hook it up with free gifts when you give yourself or that special someone a free ZTE Maven 2 when you activate eligible services for AT&T GoPhone for only 30 bucks. That's right, I said only 30 bucks. Go to att.com slash GoPhone or visit your local AT&T store today. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Offer ends 1231.16. Online at select locations only. Requires new line of service and minimum $30 payment. 4G LTE not available everywhere. Taxes, fees, coverage, and other restrictions apply. Details at att.com slash gophone. This rock station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You're about 15 minutes away from getting hooked up with a $50 gift card to TD's Tailgate Grill. You can also use it at Twisted Citrus as well. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need for those. Every hour on the program, starting today, going all the way up to the 23rd of December, every hour, you're getting hooked up with a uh, with a gift card to a local business worth at least 50 bucks. You know what's part of that? What's that? Is actually, uh, at some point, we're going to be passing out eight packs of tickets for the Can Charge Games. I like it. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's good stuff there. So I watched a movie yesterday, last night actually, right before I went to bed, that I think, A, your girlfriend is going to try to make you watch it anyway, and you should just give in and do it, because honestly, it was hysterical. Okay. What was it? You know, for all the talk I hear about, you know, uh, you know, Hollywood's unfair, Hollywood's unfair, and you know, women don't get a fair shot. I watched an all-female cast movie last night that was hilarious. You know, a lot of times you'll hear a guy say that women aren't funny. Women are incredibly funny. 
they're not always the best stand-up comedians, but women are situationally very funny. Well, and we're talking about uh, a movie here as opposed to real life. Do you right. feel do you feel that applies in real life? Women? No, I've men? dated I've dated very funny women. I think I think it, there's something about a woman stand-up comic that doesn't always translate well, even for a funny woman. I will agree that there's something about it that doesn't always translate. But women are absolutely funny, and the movie was Bad Moms, and it was so funny. Like I I I, I didn't think it was going to be that good. But was I was like, but I turned it on because, you know, Mila Kunis is in it. She's mm-hmm. super hot. Mm-hmm. Kristen Bell's in it, who I love Kristen Bell. I would honestly, I would just, I would watch her read the phone book. I love Kristen Bell. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll turn this on. And it was actually very, very funny. Very funny. Now, you know, obviously I kind of have my ideas of what that movie is about. You know because, what this is. Well, is it is it just like, oh my gosh, my vagina after I had a baby. It's so, oh my gosh, I have to cut coupons now. And oh my gosh, there's dirty diapers. There's it- definitely some of that. Okay. Basically, the gist is this, is that the one mom is already bad. And then you got Kristen Bell, who's like a stay-at-home mom with four kids. Mm-hmm. And then you have Mila Kunis, who's married and a working mom. And working mom has had enough. I, you know, I have to do this at home. I have to do this at work. And my husband's a jerk and I'm done and I'm just going to give in and I'm going to be a bad mom. And it ends up very, very funny. The movie was pretty funny. I'll give it a shot. There's, you know, there, there's no doubt about that. If it's a Stansberry recommended product, I I'll, feel like what happened there is like my expectations were very, very low. And then I turned it on. I was like, oh my god! Like, all right, so Mila Kunis is like running her kids around, right? And she's going to make the one daughter the late to like soccer practice. Of course, ever you need that scene in the movie, right? Right. right. And she just says. I'm sorry, honey. I'm doing the best I can. And then you hear a six-year-old say, I know, Mom. That's what makes it sadder. <laughs> and I laughed so hard about that. There's nothing, I, nothing entertains me more than when a little kid is let down by parent performance. I just... I feel like I was constantly evaluating my parents' performance as a child that way. So, like when I see it in a movie, I, it just it does. It always cracks me up. All right, well, dude, the fact that it's not just straight my vagina jokes. Yeah, there sure. are plenty of my vagina jokes because I don't want you going in there. Go, he told me there's no vagina <laughs> jokes. There's pl- there's plenty of vag jokes, plenty. But for a movie based around three women, no strong male lead there whatsoever, and that whole thing. Very, very funny. All right. Female empowerment. That's what the Stansberry Show is That's what we're all about here. That's what's happening. That's what we're all about here. You know what else is coming out? And I know you're going to be excited about this. What is that? And uh, we have the trailer for you. It's up online right now at WRQK.com. February. ESPN. They're 30 for 30. Uh, all around the XFL, which was like the wrestling's Lee, like the WWE's version of the NFL, that's going to be out. Yeah, I'm really excited to watch that. I uh, I can distinctly remember like watching that first game of the XFL and like all the pomp and circumstance that went into it, and the expectations that everybody was like, "Oh, dude, the NFL, they're going to get their comeuppance." And obviously, 15 years later, we know what happened. Right. Um, but still, you can only imagine like the behind the scenes of like what that was like, what that was all about. So, no, I'm real excited about that. I remember. I was still young enough then when that had premiered where you would like get together with your friends to watch something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like my buddy had like us all over the house. We got beer and pizza and like this whole thing. We're like, oh my God, a new and like a new football league. This is gonna be amazing. And you know, everybody knows he hate me, that whole thing right. and that you know. Um but the thing and I'm not a WWE person at all, but Vince McMahon is very, very, very smart. And 
there are now the XFL didn't last real long. It's only a year, I think, right? I think under a year. Yeah, but it, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was only the one season there. But there are, were still camera angles and like how games got covered on the field. There were things that broke through through the XFL that the NFL stole. I remember when the XFL first came out, that camera that went across the field, people were making fun of it. Now every NFL game has that. I mean, Vince was very, he knows how to cover spectacle. He does know how to get you immersed into his products. He's very good at that. And, you know, I, you know obviously, somebody who's so, somebody who's so well-versed in, in that, you know, for him to fail, that had to have been a really tough pill for him to swallow. Oh, yeah. So I can only imagine, like, the, the, the behind-the-scenes meetings of, like, what do you mean the ratings are down? You know, in the Vince McMahon voice. <laughs> oh, just the and, red yeah, face? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to assume there was a lot of that back in the I day. I mean, every other, like, professional football league that has tried to go, like, toe-to-toe with the NFL has kind of, like, fallen off. And I wonder if there will ever be somebody who can fight for that crown. I mean, it doesn't feel like it. No, it really doesn't. I mean, you can argue. I mean, you know, college football has a lot of popularity, but when it comes to actual like TV ratings and things like that, the NFL just dominates on such a huge level. I don't know if there's ever going to be someone who can who can challenge for that crown. No, I mean, other sports leagues fail in comparison. The NBA has. I mean, the NBA has good ratings as far as like a sports league goes, but next to the NFL, it's like they're like it's terrible. No, the thing I'll say about NBA and MLB, they both have an advantage because those are world games as right. opposed to as opposed to you know just American ratings that matter to them, but. At the same time, you want to be the king of America. You want to be the top sport in, in, in this country, and and I don't know if I don't know if anyone's ever going to be able to challenge. Well, you know what we haven't talked about yet that might actually poke a hole in the NFL's popularity. What is that? It's all these international games. There, uh, and I'm not against it. On, like on a level of like I can't believe you know it's the National Football League. How dare you play in Mexico? I don't care. Right? Yeah, I agree. I don't really care. I think the time difference thing with London is a little weird, and they're looking at like a franchise in London, and I think that would be strange to make guys live there and then fly to the states every week to play games. I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to do to a football team. Yeah, I mean, earlier in the broadcast we talked about, oh well, the trip from L.A. to Cleveland's not, not that, that big tough, deal. But if you're going from L.A. to London, yeah, that's tough, dude. That's, that I mean, you're you're talking time zones and changes and like all this stuff. And I, you know, I think making a team live there and then have to play most of their, you know, their games in the states is is very strange. But the NFL has been they've been on this London thing, and it's finally starting to catch hold now over there. I guess I guess the TV ratings are starting to go up, 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 up every time a game is played over there. And so it looks like London's starting to catch on. And I understand the NFL's desire to expand, as you mentioned, Major League Baseball, NBA, both global brands. NFL's primarily an American thing. Well, and they have to. I mean, you know, whether it's because of Colin Kaepernick or because of the election or whatever. But I feel like you know, America has kind of maxed out when it comes to our NFL consumption. Like we can't, you can't shove more down our throats. So if you want to grow as a brand, you're going to have to start shoving it down other people's. No, they're already. I mean, the the audience is already saying, "Dude, let's get rid of one of these games." So whether it be like, you know, Monday night or Thursday night, let's get rid of one of these games. But the NFL is going to export one of their least popular products next year to London. And that's the Cleveland Browns Uh, are going to London. I don't get it. I don't get it. This is legitimately one of those. Well, every team gets a Thursday night game and every team gets to play in London. And I think that's a mistake. I think if you want London to wrap its arms around your product, then Always give them the Patriots, right? Always give them the Seahawks. Always give them the the Green Bay Packers. Always give them, 
Give them the storied franchises that never really, even though Green Bay wasn't as good as they've always been the last few years at the start of the season, they're still pretty good right now. I mean, they're really good after yesterday. And you got to, I mean, right? Like, if you want to catch the attention, why are you sending the team that sucks? Um. Now I, I agree with you, and with with these games being set up a year in advance, and sometimes further out than that, schedules will be made where it's like you can't necessarily know if a team's going to be good next year. Right, hard to do. But 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 we can make assumptions. Odds favor the Patriots being okay. Well, and at least at least with teams like you know Packers, Steelers, teams that you mentioned, those teams all have a lot of history. So even if it's an off year for them, even if it's a five, you still get six Aaron Rodgers. Even if it's a five six win right. season for them, it's still better than going in with the. Cleveland Browns, unless, unless, oh no, oh no. unless, oh, because we're gonna get the first pick of the draft. Well, you get the first pick of the draft to think about, and everybody loves an underdog. Everybody loves a loser. Maybe bad news bears is what they're okay. trying to do, and if we can endear the London audience to the Cleveland Browns, or the Cleveland Browns to the London audience, I hear that's a myth. I hear, I hear that everybody loves the underdog thing is a myth. And then if you actually go look at the ratings, underdog games aren't watched. And what you watch are the traditional powers. And everybody talks about how they don't like traditional powers. And yet when they're on TV, that's what everybody watches. Uh, well, because you assume that's going to be a good game. I think with the underdog thing, it's like, well, when they do get that one win, you never thought it was going to happen. And, and I don't know, dude. I feel like maybe that's, uh, maybe that's their mindset. Okay. I didn't think of that. I, for me personally, if I were to run the NFL, which I'm sure I will at some point, yeah. I think, uh, oh, dude, I'm a shoo-in. I think uh, I would export the best of my business. You know what I mean? Like if I was in any other business, like if I sold steaks for a living, I would highlight the best steak. I wouldn't be like, well, yeah, that one looks like rope, right. but uh, but it's still good. Like I would highlight the best of what I had. I wouldn't show you, oh, yeah, and then every once in a while in the box, you'll get a Cleveland Browns. Like that's... I wouldn't do that. Again, if I'm looking for another country to wrap its arms around, and especially, and dude, honestly, at that point, a continent, and it, like if you, it's to wrap their arms around my product, I would only send them the best of what I had. Just seems like it makes the most sense. You know what doesn't make sense? What Listen to this. Fantone can attest to this because he helped me move mine. A guy in Florida tried to do some Christmas shopping over the weekend, Port St. Uh, Lucie there. And he tried, this idiot did, to try, he tried to sneak out a 58 inch television out of a Walmart. Surveillance cameras followed the shoplifting suspect as he strolled around the store with a huge TV box and his shopping cart. He had his phone to his ear, waiting for his opportunity to then leave the store. Uh, he, uh, they say an asset protection officer tried to stop Walsh before he walked out of the store. And then he ran back into the store and left through another exit. Unfortunately for him, cops were waiting outside that exit and they left. Now, the reason why I, I told you Fantone can attest, I bought not a 58, but a 55 inch TV, some right around this time last year. And I went up to the Walmart over there. I was up on the strip and I was like, all right, you know what? You know, uh, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm buying this TV. And I drive like a little four door Honda Civic, not, you know, car, not very big. But I was like, yeah, they make these box really thin right now, and my seats like fall, you know, fold down in the back seat. I'll just, you know, open the trunk, I'll put the seat down, I'll slide this thing in the back, and it'll be half in the trunk, half in the back seat, and I'll get home, no, no big deal. 
No, the thing wouldn't even fit in my car. I had to call Fantone. I was like, yo, dude, go get the station van and meet me over at the Walmart so we can slide the TV in it. Yeah, I had to come in the Rock 106.9 Urban Assault Vehicle yeah. and uh, load that boy so, up. So, I mean, I mean, obviously the guy could have had a pickup truck or whatever, I mean, and he slid it in the back of there. But did he not think people were going to see him and there weren't going to be issues trying to get it in and out of the car and all that? Well, and... and, and There's and, cameras. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that, it, dude, it's something so big, you're not going to be able to discreetly steal it. Now, I'm sure, that, you know, obviously theft happens at Walmart every sure. day. Day, Every day, but it, it's more like, all right, I'm going to go to the self checkout, and I'm just not going to scan this this item, and you throw it in right. the bag, and everything will be fine. But dude, you're walking around with a 55 inch TV. What do you think? How did you how, like? How did you think that that was going to be uh, unnoticeable? They've gotten really good at loss prevention. You know, um, when I was growing up, it wasn't as such. Like you know, there were oh. cameras, but not as much, and you know, there were less people walking through the store looking for this kind of stuff. And my buddy used to have this thing, and I say buddy, I haven't talked to him in like 25 years now. But when I was growing up, I you know I, I knew this guy, and uh, he had a system. And what he would do is he would take like a bag from the store, and if you walk around a store long enough, you can find receipts on the ground. People just drop that stuff out of their hands, and ah, whatever, you know, the janitor will get it. I'm sorry, custodian will get it. And uh, what he would do then is he would take a, a product, put it in the bag, and like roll the top of the bag over, and then like hold the receipt on it, and then walk right out the store. And see, back in the day, that was like a pretty smart plan because it's like, all right, well, he's got a bag, he's got a receipt, probably, you know, you're good to go there. Now, dude, every like Tom, Dick, and Harry little, you know, five and dime stores got like really, dude, those cameras are super cheap. They sell them in the, in the, in the aisle at Walmart, for Christ's sake. Like, you're going to be, I, I don't understand why people think they're going to get away with this kind of stuff. Especially right now when you know that there's extra employees in there. You know right. that, like, you know, obviously Walmart has a high priority during the holiday season to not get robbed. So, like, yeah, terrible decision. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know where, I don't know how far he thought he was going to get with a 58-inch TV. We have a $50 gift card for TD's Tailgate Grill. You can also use it at Twisted Citrus. Call her 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625. We'll get you hooked up with that in Fantone. Uh, you and I both are related to teachers, and you hear people say it all the time. You know what? I'm just going to give up, and I'm just going to go be a teacher. Well, I have a story for you next that will I guarantee you will scare most of you off from ever becoming an educator, ever. We'll get you filled in next. Hang on. 6 9 Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. And then after that, you'll get hooked up with a $50 gift card to Sluggers and Putters. Every hour on the program, starting today up until the 23rd of December, doing stocking stuffers for you every hour, you get a $50 gift card. And uh, different businesses there. There's Donato, uh, Donato's Pizza, Hard Rock. Uh, there's Bush Tickets. You're getting you know a pack of those. Canton Charge, 8-pack. TDs, high voltage carding, a lot of stuff going on. You don't have to give those as a way of presents. If you want to go, you take your TDs gift card and, and use it all on yourself. Oh, I didn't even think about giving it away as a present. It's a no, great I, plan. I would have totally used it for myself. TDs pretty good, really good. Dude. I like their mac and cheese. I know nobody's shocked to find that out. I'm just finding this out. I went to bed before it was over last night. I uh, I didn't know the Giants outlasted the Dallas Cowboys last night. Indeed, they did. I'm interested to talk to Scott about that. That's uh, it's very interesting. Eh, I mean, honestly, Cowboys are 11 and and and, and Giants. They haven't lost anybody but New York. I don't know if that's time to hit the panic button. No, no, for, no, 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 uh, no, not at all. No, 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 not at all. It's just you know, it's interesting. It's part of the you know part of the story now. 
Because you know how the media is. You know how sports media is. Bipolar. And so you know this morning there's going to be guys that say, you know, Tony Romo would have scored more than seven points. There's Somebody's going to say it. Oh, I saw, uh, it was, I don't know if it was Deadspin or Bro Sports or whatever the hell website it was, but there was like Cowboys fans freaking out for Tony Romo. And it's like, guys, if that's really your take is that you need Tony Romo back, chill out. Just chill out. Well, winning a NFL quarterback in the last like 10 years, Tony Romo. I've never been all that impressed with him, but if you go number by number by number, he's actually amazing. I, but I've never been all that impressed with him either. I think he's probably out of there. I don't think you'll see Tony Romo as a backup next year to Dak Prescott. I think probably Arizona going to be looking for a quarterback. I think even the LA Rams, maybe. I know they just got Goff and that whole thing, but dude, that thing's been a mess. And I could see him, dude, you're playing in Los Angeles. You can't lose and be boring. You can't be you can't be bad and be like, oh my god, dude! In L.A., like, dude, they're gonna want action. I think they lost by fifty-four points yesterday or something Jeez. like that. It was like it was, it was, it was a disgusting. Blowout. I didn't watch that. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know, you're right. L.A. in particularly, you're Too not gonna to get do. you're not gonna get much of a uh, buffer zone there. No, I mean, dude, you got the Clippers, you got the Lakers, you got you know baseball teams, you got movie stars, you got the beach for Christ's sake and the ocean, and you do. There's just too much competition. Which in Northeast Ohio, it's like, no, we're gonna keep watching the Browns. They're good. I'm gonna keep watching. Them. Yeah, I Lake, like them. Well, Lake Erie less impressive than the ocean. A little yes. bit, yes. yeah, a little Ab- bit. yeah a little absolutely. Bit. So coming up at eight twenty, we'll get you hooked up with a uh, gift card to Sluggers and Putters. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Get a wrap up of all things sports. I hear the Cavaliers are pretty good this, you know, over the weekend. And LeBron James, look quite a, quite a few things to talk about with LBJ too. So yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. We'll get to we'll get to Scott around eight o'clock this morning. Fantone's brother is a is a school teacher educator, Correct. and my sister in law is an educator. And so, you know, we'll get a little behind the scenes access of what it's like to be a teacher from, you know, some family members. And it's a tough gig. And most of the time, it does not pay very well. My sister-in-law has kind of worked herself into a good situation. She's now like the provost of a school. So she's doing all right now. But when if you're just in a classroom, you don't make a lot of money. Yeah. Not as much money as you should. Not even close. I mean, honestly, if we're talking about like grossly underpaid professions, I would have to say the teachers are, are high, high oh, on that list, if not number one. When you start talking, and again, we're not going to get sidetracked here, but when you start going the $15 an hour minimum wage, everybody always goes to this and the other side. Well, if an EMT doesn't make $15 an hour, why should, why should somebody working at a fast food restaurant? And I always think, okay, not that EMTs don't deserve money. Obviously, they do. But teachers, for what it is, when you really sit back and think about what it is they're doing, it should be one of the highest paid professions in the country, and it should be incredibly difficult to get that position. That's the way I, much like being a cop, I think that job should pay a ton, and it should be really tough to get. Now we're talking about perfect world here. Yes, you know, yes, I mean, yes, we, yes, we yes, have yes. to live within the realities that we I have. I know, but, I know we can't do that tomorrow. But but if I if I had my way, if I had the paintbrush to to shape America in my image, that's what I would want. Teachers would make a ton of money and it would be incredibly difficult to get that kick. Okay. okay? Because of all the things that have to come with it. It's very tough. And I remember being in high school and just wanting to terrorize certain teachers. Like you just wanted to push them because you knew there was only so much they could do. They can't hit you, right? What, what What's the biggest thing they can do? They can send you to the principal's office. And something about being a teenager, you realize that most adults, honestly, at the end of the day, are powerless against you because they're not allowed to, to, to punish you in the way they really would want to. And you can get away with murder. Yeah. And I think just like any other relationship in life, you know, the student teacher relationship, there's going to be people that you feel like you can get over on especially when you considered like dude i had seven teachers in one day of course i was going to view some as like all right dude i can totally f with this guy and what's he going to 
do. You know, I mean, there, 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 there's, there's people like that in your day to day, you know, life that you feel. So of course, it's going to happen with teachers. Yeah, it, absolutely, it would. And you got to be careful when, uh, when dealing with kids because you know parents will freak out. And parents nowadays, like when I would come home and I was in trouble in school, my dad blamed me. That's just the way that worked. My dad just assumed you're an idiot and you're gonna, you know, and you were, you were looking to push the envelope as far as humanly possible. It's not the teacher's fault. This is all on you. Nowadays, it's like, oh my god, you yelled at my perfect angel. Well, three Nebraska high school kids, freshmen, are being charged for what they did to their home ec teacher during home ec class. According to uh, the Omaha World Herald, the students at the Westwood High School went into the bathroom on Thursday and masturbated into containers. (laughs) Then they took that and added the fluids to apple turnover frosting. Law enforcement says the boys ages 14 and 15 will face misdemeanor disturbing the peace charges. Now, the spokesperson told the World Herald that the students will be disciplined, but couldn't say more about the details of the action of how they will be disciplined. They also report that another student overheard the boys talking about the plot and told the teacher they admitted to the deed when interviewed by school administrators. Chief, so they get them in the office, they get them in the vice principal's office, and they just cop to it. A law enforcement official told the Omaha World Herald that after consulting with prosecutors, police couldn't find a state law that governs this kind of act. Well, somebody needs to get on that. Yeah, yeah. They could not be charged with assault because it did not involve bodily injury. Day, day one, Donald Trump presidency. Get on that, homie. You want to start getting people on your side, dude? That is that is what I'm. That is that is my platform. You can't put bodily fluids in food. How is this not sexual assault? Right? Yeah. I mean, if I just... I would assume that if I did the Silence of the Lambs thing in right. the office today right. and just flung it across the hallway, <sighs> which is the only way it would ever shoot that far anymore, like if I flung it across the hallway and it landed on somebody, I'm going to be charged with sexual assault, right? I, I, I certainly hope so. I would think. I hope so. Here comes the weird Google history of Stansberry right now. He's typing. Is that right? If I throw my semen on Pantone, will I go to jail? Yes, and of course you should. You should. I don't understand how anybody doesn't have a law against that. Now, you mentioned that it went into frosting. Yes. For an apple turnover. Nobody ate it, though, right? Uh, I believe she did take a bite of this. Well, although I don't know, they're saying no bodily injury. So is that is that just is that just meaning that she didn't do it? I don't know. I, from what I'm reading here from News Channel Five, it's not saying whether she ate it or not. I think what it is is another kid heard about it, remember, and then told the teacher. So I think that they got to it before she had ingested any of this. Oh, no, because it says here they're charged with feeding home ec teacher semen. So then she had to have eaten it. Right? Feeding her would mean that she ate it. I mean, try showing up to that school again. Right? Yeah, and let's be real. Any high school, this is huge news. But some high school in was the middle of Nebraska. Nothing else going on. First time these people have been on the news ever. Yeah, what about this law? This guy writes this. John tweeted this in. Contamination of food or tampering with food. That's a law too, right? Like if I just, if I took Visine and I poured it in Fantone's coffee during the break, which is going to make him get sick, 
I'd be charged with that, with right for tampering with your coffee. Well, that is gross. But do teachers deal with all kinds? I mean, I remember in high school, like we actually tried and we and successfully we made a uh, we made a uh, a substitute teacher quit. Like she had just cried at the blackboard, turned around, walked out of the office, went to the principal's office, and was like, "I can't take them anymore. I'm out of here." Yeah, for as bad as being a teacher is, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure that is a, a thankless oh, dude, that job would suck, hellacious job. But dude, imagine being a substitute teacher. Oh, the worst. You, you, first of all, you're not even like making teacher money, and God knows that's not much. But you're not even making teacher money. You're working at Applebee's on the, you know on nights just to get by and trying to get this crappy one room bedroom apartment. You just graduated from Kent State, and it just oh, dude, it just sounds terrible. Just sounds awful. Kids being kids being mean to you, like making you cry at the board. I, I, I that's that's a job I would never want as sub. Yeah, no, that's a, I, I wouldn't want that either. Like I would never, I would never get comfortable being in a position that wasn't mine. Like I would never feel all right substituting anything. Like even this. Like there are guys who make a career out of that. Well, like when people are sick, like you call them and they fill in, and um, you know, Mark Nolan was one of those guys for a long time, and now he he, he does it every day as his job. But he was like one of those guys. I would never get comfortable or in a rhythm or any of that. But uh, to teach your kids not to feed other people semen, that's really gross. It's just not good. Fake news, people claim, is what won the election for our president-elect. We're going to teach you how to spot fake news. We'll do it next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Just heard Tom Petty there. Uh, Fantone knows. Most of you probably do know by now. Tom Petty uh, and the Heartbreakers, one of my all-time favorite bands. Love, love, love that band. Feel like they're wildly underrated. Mike Campbell, easily one of the most underrated guitar players in the history of music. In my humble opinion, 40th anniversary tour. Coming Northeast Ohio, you're getting a Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland date. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Probably going to do some traveling. Probably going to be two shows during that for me. And most bands don't hit Ohio three times, regardless of who or not anymore. what or why. Yeah, I mean, that's just not a common thing to do anymore. So uh, pretty cool Tom Petty to uh, you know represent so well in Ohio. June 10th, Saturday, Q. Saturday night. Dude, Saturday night, not a school night, and I get Tom Petty. Now, in June, I would have almost rather blossom, yeah. warm summer night, yeah. cold draft beer, outdoors, but any way I can see Tom. Actually, Tom Petty's on one of my bucket list things to do. I've seen him a million times, but there is a, there's a music venue in San Francisco called the Fillmore, and I've always wanted to see a show at the Fillmore, and I... Now he won't play. It's a little too small for him now, I believe these days. But I, uh, I would love to see a band I loved at the Fillmore. Red Rocks in Colorado is another like venue that's kind of like on my list. Like I want to see a show at Red Rocks. But I, uh, I will be attending the Tom Petty show, June 10th. Cannot wait for that. That looks really good. So fake news, fake news, fake news. It's all we heard about during the election cycle, right? Right, right. and. A lot of people claim that that's what led to us having the president-elect that we have, Donald Trump. And I, I would say it's probably hard to deny it. I mean, I'm sure you know enough people out there were swayed by fake news. Um, interesting to note, something I saw over the weekend is that a vast majority of people who made their decision in the final week of the election, which is a head scratcher to me, but a vast majority of people did ended up going to Trump. And I that's have, weird to me. I have to seriously think that 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 fake news had something to do with it, it. I would think. And when we talk fake news here, this isn't news that got something wrong. This is news that is being produced 
factually incorrect and knowingly incorrect. Essentially satire. Right. And that you can't tell the difference is. And so they give you a couple of guidelines here on how to spot this. And they say, take a moment. And what what have I been saying about posting things on Facebook? And I guess this is true for reading it. I've been talking about this for a few months now. If you want to post something on Twitter or Facebook, breathe. Close your eyes, take five minutes, think about it, and if you still want to do it, then do it. But outside of that, like this, here's my first reaction, here it is, bam, I would I would think twice on that. As, and again, speaking from experience, I'm a guy who's done that a million times, have, have learned to regret it, okay? If the story seems, this is what your mother told you when you were a kid, if it seems too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Move forward. If it's so outrageous that you believe it, then again, do some fact-checking. Does the headline match the article as another true like telltale sign? A lot of times they don't. Well, a lot of times people don't even bother to check that. To read the I article. mean, they just right. read it. It validates my opinion. Therefore, I'm going to share it. Are the quotes in context? They say, look for sentences before and after the quote that makes your blood boil. If the article fails to give them, that's a warning sign that it's not, that it's not real. If the story's set in like the near future, obviously that's not going to be factual. That's going to be somebody speculating on what is going to happen. If the article you're reading attacks a generic enemy, the way people will say like Washington or the media or the left, that should be marked down 99% in your mind as this is probably not true. And find the news source. Traditional news brands may occasionally get it wrong, they say, sometimes hugely. Right, Brian Williams. But at least you know where to find them and hold them accountable. Less prominent news sites carry compelling stories, but expect them to show you who they are and where they gather that information. Credible news sources will want to tell you, legally have to tell you, this is where we got this. Right? That'll help you decide whether or not something is satire, real news, or whatever. And again, another telltale sign. If you're told inherently, trust me, you shouldn't. Anytime somebody's saying, oh, just trust me, no, why should I trust you? Show me what's behind that. And this is another one. And this has gone away on the internet these days. This used to be more true in newspapers and newspaper reporters. Did the writer of the article talk to or engage with Anybody that disagrees with their ideology was there was in the article. Did they point to the other side and say, well, this person, a naysayer had this to say, and they've raised an excellent point. If that's not in that article, chances are you're being driven to one side where they want you be open to the idea that some falsehoods are sincerely are sincerely held. They say here, in spite of all the warnings, some inaccurate news stories grow out of haste or misinformation rather than pure cynicism. But they're still false. I, uh, I mean, I, like the onion's easy. Like, and now they've become like the most famous, and like everybody kind of knows that one. But like, I've been on this for now for like a year. Look, at, if you look at some of the like the link addresses for some of these articles that are posted online. Like, I can tell you that those aren't real. Like, you can just read some of, like, the links, and it's like, that's not a real news source. Like, you have to know that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, there's going to be websites, and there's going to be writers and bloggers and things like that who are playing to that. They know that people aren't going to aren't going to check, or they're only going to want to click on what, what you know, they believe. So they're going to continue to play that. Confirmation hand. bias. Really, what this boils down to, and I don't want to make it sound like, oh, well, if you didn't hear it on CNN or Fox News or CNBC or one of the reputable big, you know, media outlets, it's not true, because that's not true. But you have to hold... 
blogs and these these alternative news sites, you have to hold those to the same standard that you would hold a media company of like, well, where like it's like it's like like writing a paper in high school or college where like where are your sources? How right. did you show me this? this? Right, show me your work as opposed to just saying like, dude, did you hear that Hillary Clinton invented AIDS? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I had not heard that but, one. But it, it's people are just like, yeah, dude, that's that that sounds right to me. Here's another good rule of thumb when spotting fake news sites. If something is being presented to you as news, look for, and they give you this advice in this article, it's so smart, look for the editor-in-chief's name. A reputable news source is going to want to show you who the editorial staff is because that's a position that they take seriously. Because that's the person who took the reporter's like piece, went through it, and made sure, to the best of their knowledge, that what you're being told is factual. Blogs don't need editors. They don't need that stuff. A blog can just be an opinion-based thing. And so you got to be careful with that. And now blogs are being called news sites and just, you know everything's getting funneled in under like the news banner or the media banner and it's not always that way. But again, like if it's like fakenews.org.com, like dude, you got to look at that. You got to look at that. And you know, Fantone brings up a great point. If it's not, you know, CNN, MSNBC, now people are like, "Well, I don't trust CNN either." Okay, I get that. I understand that. Big news organizations have gotten it wrong. There have been times where they have gotten it wrong. The lamestream media, I believe it's called. Is that right? That's what they call it. The lamestream. Yeah. I would try I would still today trust them more than a blog I've never heard of. Any other way. Well, don't look at CNN as your exclusive source. No, like, no, well, no. if I find it on CNN, it's got to be true. But you can obviously use, all right, hey, I read this on a blog. Where else has something about They're this? They're going to, CNN will at least show you the scratch paper on how the article got written. Okay. And then you see the CNN article and you're like, all right, well, dude, should I find out a little bit more about this? What is CNN or what's, what's Fox News saying about this? Okay. Fox News is saying this. What's MSNBC saying about this? All right. What is that blog saying about this? At least then at that point, you have a broad look at it. As opposed to just, hey, I read this on redstate.co. Yeah, dude, those kind of sites right. make me absolutely crazy. Because it's all just, it, it's, it, they're all just built to drive you where they want you. Now, wait, hold on. I, I, I want to go back to something you said earlier in the conversation, okay. just real quickly. You said to me that, there, what, that the people in the last week all shifted, that didn't know who they were going to vote right. for, essentially ended up going over to the Trump side. Yeah, that was a big, there was a big a big swing in momentum there where it's like, hey, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. A lot of those people in the last week ended up going Trump. We got a couple of Trump stories to talk about a little later this day, uh, a little later in the program. I, um, I'm with you that I don't know how it took people that long to get decided on. I understand that Hillary had like these things that weren't great and that you know Trump is a little polarized this and that. How did it take people to the last week not to figure out between those two who to vote for? Well, I mean, both grossly unpopular candidates. There's no question about that. And you have to remember, there was that last, I can't remember what the exact details were, but it was that last week of like, oh, there's another email scandal. And you can only imagine if you would have taken that last email scandal and switched it with the grabber by the P video. If that would have came out the week before, like that that last email scandal did, I think you'd have been looking at an entirely different election. But things happened the way that they happened in the order that they happened. And people ended up voting for our president well, maybe two and a half less million people ended up voting for him, but nonetheless. Oh, I mean, okay, all none, right, none all right. Less. Body blow, body blow. You're going to have plenty of chances to get body blows in on Trump. We have a story uh, surrounding him at 8.30 and another one at 9.30 this morning. We're going to talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com and then get you hooked up with a $50 gift card for sluggers and putters. All that next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Uh, just a few short minutes away from getting you hooked up with a $50 gift card to Sluggers and Putters. With the Stansberry Show stocking stuffer, you get a $50 gift card to a local business every hour on the program up until December the 23rd there. Before we do that, we talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com every Monday at 8. My man, how are you? No complaints. Okay. Um, you know, Cav, Cav, good weekend for the Cavs. Uh, horrible weekend from the Browns. And outside of this weather, I mean, it's a, it's a giving season, you know? Sure. All right. So, before, <laughs> sure. So, uh, before we get into all things sports, before the break, we, Fantone and I were, uh, you know, on the air. We were discussing a uh, story about fake news and the like. And as you run a website, and that is news based in the sense that it's sports news. Um, are you the editor in chief of WaitingForNextYear.com? I mean, not not by title. Um, we we just have editors, but uh, I mean, between Craig, myself, and Andrew being co-founders, I I handle most of the editing work. So I guess if you were to pick one, um, it would be me. But we don't have a formal masthead in that regard. Is there ever a, uh, a, what do I want to say, a temptation for the web hits, a temptation for, like, dude, I know if I just run this story about LeBron, who cares if it's BS, dude, it's going to go hot? I mean, you, you guys you guys have more integrity than that, Yeah, right? Steph Curry has a vagina, right? <laughs> Print it! <laughs> uh, no, we, we have never um, had that temptation. And, and truthfully, we tend to avoid stories that have been run by other outlets that we could aggregate and kind of point at them if, if, if things went south. Um, but we avoid them, you know, they, and, they, and they could be really big traffic doers, right? I mean, think of the Delonte West LeBron thing yes. back from, you know, 2009, 2010. I mean, we could have, people were running stuff about that left and right. We, we, we avoided it almost entirely. Um, you know, we, we have had our fair share of, you know, in the past, especially, uh, news items that we had sourced and thought were to be accurate and were not wholly accurate, and have, have, have you know took it on the chin. But I mean that was it was legitimate work that went into trying to find those stories. It wasn't stories that we ran thinking it was merely going to do numbers. Who cares if it's real or not? Um, but no, we have never. If anything, we err on the other side of of avoiding stories that you know could potentially not have any you know truth to them or aren't 100% accurate. Um, you know, we, we do rumors, we do speculation on, you know, transactions and then things like that. But, uh, the Steph Curry vagina story would not be on our page. Well, I'm happy to write it. I mean, you just tell me, buddy. I, I mean, I, I'm down to give you nine paragraphs on it. You just tell me whenever you need it. We're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com, who has uh, some serious journalistic cred. Won't, 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 won't let me write the Steph Curry as a vagina story. You know, I'm going to write it anyway. I, I don't know if I'll get it posted at WaitingForNextYear.com, but I'm going to get it out there. So we're going to start with the Browns because they're terrible. Why? And... Uh, and a lot of people thought yesterday was uh, you know the, was a uh, legitimate shot for the Browns to get their first victory. I have no idea what made people think that, uh, but they felt like that that was a good shot at it yesterday. They completely, well, they looked pretty Browns. And I know you got to expect some rust with RG three. hasn't played in what eleven weeks or whatever the hell it is. So there's going to be some rust. I get it, right? But there were multiple opportunities yesterday for that guy to make throws, and he just missed the throws. The the only thing I watched. I don't know if you watched Thursday night with the uh, Raiders and Chiefs and Alex Smith, who you know say what you want about him. He's, he's he was first overall pick, and you know probably 
will never go down as, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But every dropback was three steps, ball out, five steps, ball out. You know, even if he did a seven step, like the ball, he was, he was, you know, navigating his, his options while he was dropping back and the ball was out. Um, I think they said it's like average release time was like 2.4 seconds or something okay. absurd like that. Um, and you, we want to, we watch Cody Kessler and even Josh McCown to a point, but more, more so Kessler holding on to the ball. And we, we want to say rookie mistake. He's just not used to the speed, blah, blah, blah. And then you see a veteran in Robert Griffin, the third, and I don't recall more than one, maybe two plays where the pass was thrown on like a three or five step drop to the number one receiver on, you know, in stride. And, and, and it went down how it was supposed to the, the guy, Held onto the ball that he he had to improvise the entire time, and his his the routes that were being run were all secondary because they had to break free after he did. I, I the the legitimacy of whether or not they had a chance to win, I think was 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 real because you had two weeks to prepare for this, and the Bengals are probably the worst teams they're going to face the rest of the way. Um, but. Obviously, that just shows even the big, you know, how big of a gap there is between the Browns and the rest of the not so good NFL teams. I mean, it, I, it, you know, if anything, you know, I know they're saying Robert's going to play again next week, but if, if if this week showed us anything, it's that we don't have to worry about him being lobbed in any sort of conversation about him being the quarterback in the future. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Fantone had a huge issue, and I'm interested to get your take. He had a huge issue with some of the play calling, and he felt like that flea flicker on the one-yard line was just <laughs> was just a dumb idea. Now, I had a different look at it, I, I or a different view. I kind of feel like I understood what he was trying to do, which is like, you, you, you know, you, you catch the defense off guard, you get a big play, and you start to move down the field, and... I didn't necessarily hate the play call. I mean, it was questionable for sure, but I didn't hate the play call. But throwing that ball into triple coverage, that's where I had a huge issue with it. Yeah, well, I don't know what the options were at that point. I mean, the, there's so many different away. things could have went wrong with that play. Um, you, you could have had the run, the, a, a fumbled snap. You could have had a fumbled handoff. You could have had the running back get taken down in the end zone. You could have had a holding penalty. You could have had Griffin could take it down the end zone. So of, of all the bad things that could have happened on that play, I mean, it was effectively a punt. Um, yeah. But it That's was true. one of those things where, so if the play wasn't there, I mean, what you couldn't run. You know, you can't break that off and try and run for yards because you're going to get safety. Um, so, they, you know, I, I tend to side with Fantone there that it, it, it reeked of desperation. And at that point in the game, you know, like, or this season, I guess you can't necessarily fault them for that because they are a desperate organization. But, I mean, the, the, the throwing into triple coverage and overshooting a 6'6 six, six receiver um, is, is, is very indicative of where we are, you know, as, as an organization and then where Robert Griffin the third is as a quarterback. Yeah, I thought it was a big head-scratcher, too, where there would seem to be at least a decent amount of momentum in the running game, and it just seemed like, all right, well, then let's pass the ball. And that just, all you know, throughout the game yesterday when I was half-ass watching it, I was very much scratching my head. Like, Well, they like, were half-ass playing it, well, so. <laughs> fair enough. Um, you know, obviously at this point, you, these guys are frustrated. You have to be. There's no question about it. I'm sure the coaches, the owners, everybody involved has to have reached a boiling point. What is that locker room like? Oh, I, I, I'm not in there, so I can't speak to to the to the tone. Um, but I mean, you you see you see the the quotes and you see the the news items and the blurbs that come out after the game. And you know, I 
all credit to Hugh Jackson for taking blame for a lot of this stuff. I mean, he took credit for the, the play call. He takes credit for everything that goes south with this team, and he's not blaming his guys at all. Um, you know, you have you know a lot of people are pointing to that one drop touchdown pass by that you know essentially sixth string tight end. And you know, I, I don't blame him for dropping that pass as much as I do the people who are in charge of putting him on this team and making and, and making people believe he's an NFL caliber player. I mean, it's it's. Jackson's doing what he can with with a bunch of kids, and these kids. It, you have to imagine it's the the it's going. It, I don't want to say toxic, but it, it can't be easy. Um, and so the that'll be the true test for this for this head coach is can he turn what is a, a horrible season for these kids and get them to come back next year and 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 try and figure out ways to win. Um, you know, it's. Yeah, I'm assuming you have fifty plus guys in that locker room waiting for the the season to end really really quickly. And unfortunately, they have about a month left before that's going to happen. Well, it ended in September. Nobody's just told them yet. I uh, so the, the, they're almost out of it. We're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. I got one more thing with the Browns, and then I want to move forward onto the Cavs here. But uh, as we're getting closer to the number one pick of the 2017 draft, Adam Schefter is reporting that the Browns may skip quarterback altogether, and apparently they have an astronomical grade on a Texas A&M defensive end, Miles Garrett. And that there's a very good shot that what they're going to try to do, according to Adam Schefter, is that they're going to try to pick up Miles Garrett and then wait and hopefully get, and I don't know if I like this call at all, apparently, dude, they're really high on Deshaun Kaiser out of, uh, out, out of, out of Notre Dame, and that's their plan. So a lot of um, reports or mock drafts have the Browns going with Garrett at number one. I mean, he's the, he's the, he's the clear, at least right now, Best pass rusher in the in the in the in the NFL draft in this class, and I don't think there's a lot of people very sold on uh, on the quarterback in class that is out there now. Uh, you know, Watson, Kaiser, Trubisky, they all have their question marks. And if you're going to if, if you have a history of blowing the, the your first round picks, um, I think it's it's raising your floor uh, with that first one seems to be the the, the best way to go. Um, and and truthfully, as bad as the Browns' offense is, their defense is, is arguably worse. Um, Agreed. You know, I think they're 29th against the run, 31st against the pass, or something along those lines. So, anything you could do to, you know, help get your defense off the field, I think is 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 a is a, is a smart move. Um, and something else to throw out there for you, I don't I don't know if Kaiser's the guy. I've seen Watson be the guy, but there's now now multiple reports that they could be in play for Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. from uh, the backup from New England. Yeah. If, uh, if 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 Belichick wants to move him in the offseason. so given all their draft picks and things, um, you know I don't know if it's a good move, but I do know that that's a name that uh, has, has been linked multiple times out to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it's uh, I, I know a lot of fans are going to want to see a quarterback drafted. I know they're going to, and I think uh, I, I think the Browns may be upsetting uh, their fan base yet again this year with with how they handle the quarterback position. I'm with you. I'm not. I mean, I think Deshaun Watson's better than the other two quarterbacks coming out, but I'm not sold as like he's a franchise quarterback guy. I'm not sold on that. So if they're going to be hesitant, I can't necessarily hate that. Let's move forward because well, the Browns have no bright spots, but the Cavaliers have tons, and uh, I hear LeBron went off this weekend you here you didn't watch it uh no i didn't see a lot of it honestly i did not see a lot of it <laughs> um no he did uh 71 points between the two games Jeez. um I, I think and pretty much close to a triple double uh in both uh the the last the, the second game he, they needed every bit of it um you know against uh who they play um they played miami the first night and they played um uh, charlotte charlotte's a feisty backcourt 
the second night, and I think he had 44, uh, 10, 10 assists and nine rebounds. Nice. Um, you know, and then he and he claimed he had an additional rebound he didn't get credit for. But I mean, it just goes to show. You know, we talked about um, Russell Westbrook last week or the week before, and how his triple doubles are including, you know, thirty plus point scoring totals. And yes. LeBron just, you know, just said, you know, anything you could do, I could do better. You know, when needed. Um, and it's it it was it was definitely the LeBron James show this past weekend because you know Kevin Love had had solid scoring efforts and he's he's a great great player and he's playing probably the best basketball of his career but LeBron again reasserted his dominance and, and showed everybody just what he can do when needed. Not just his dominance, but his status is arguably the goat, dude. Twenty-seven thousand points, seven thousand rebounds, and seven thousand assists. LeBron was the first NBA player to eclipse those numbers in the history of the game, which is just absolutely yeah. insane, dude. I hear all that, but he's still far beyond. He's still far away from Draymond Green's amount of kicking dudes in the balls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's not. I mean, he's not even close. He's not even close. What do those numbers mean for LeBron's legacy, Scott? I mean, it means, you know, if you, you take away all the narrative around lost NBA finals, and I think the, you know, the, the, the gap between him and, and Michael Jordan is, is much smaller Shrinking. than I think a lot of people want to realize. Um, first front court player to ever get those assist totals. Um, you know, everyone else who has that high of assist number is a point guard. And it just, you know, just shows that, I mean, the guy is, is otherworldly. And I think we, we're going to look back, you know, years, maybe a decade or so from now, and be like, man, we should have probably appreciated that a little bit more. But I do think him leaving and coming back, I think, makes us or has forced us to enjoy, you know, every time that guy, he takes the floor. I mean, he, he, the way he plays the game and, the, and his, the, his, you know, I hate to use the term of basketball IQ, and the way he sees things is just so much different than anybody else, and it, it's next level. And he can get to the rim with ease, you know, pretty much any time he wants, but he also would rather set up Iman Shumpert for a corner three. You know, so there's not many players in the league that have, you know, his well-roundedness and his, his, you know, his complete game. And he does it defensively as well that I think a lot of people, you know, forget just because of the way the box score shakes out. But, you know, I, I, I hesitate to use the term, at least GOAT, you know, for, you know, all of basketball. But there's no denying, um, you know, that he's the best player in basketball right now. Uh, yeah, I think that's undebatable at this point. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. And besides, Steph Curry has a vagina. So, yeah, I mean, he's totally the best basketball player. I'm halfway done so with the article, Green Scott. can Green kick him or no? I'm, I'm half, I'm, dude, I'm halfway done with the article. If you want it, I'm, I'm happy to send it to you. I'm happy to send it to you. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. My man, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good. You guys take care. All right, man. Have a great week. We have a $50 gift card to Sluggers and Putters. Let's pass that out right now. Caller 20 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to Sluggers and Putters and Fantone. Trump claims to have the number one reason on why he only needs one briefing a week. He claims he's got a great reason behind it. We'll get you filled in on what that reason is next on The Stansworth. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansworth Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9.20 this morning, we'll get you hooked up with a $50 gift card to Donato's Pizza. Nice. Dude, I haven't had Donato's in a while. Their pizza is really good. It's good. That was a smart business model, the Donato's. Make it thin crust. They'll think they can eat more of it. Next thing you know, you're three sheets of pizza in. Well, it's just little little slices, and they're thin. That's not even a real slice of pizza. Well, it is when you... When you eat 45 of them. I like Donato's. It's good. It's good stuff. We'll pass that out. 920 this morning. 
So I read this over the weekend, and uh, there's a lot of Trump stories going on. We have a, 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 we have a few of them uh, this morning, but this one is going back to the intelligent briefings. And Trump had this to say, and I can't believe he said it. I mean, I, which I shouldn't be shocked because every time I'm like, oh, I can't believe he said it. It's just crazier than the last thing that he said where I couldn't believe he said it. Now, when you have certain jobs, there are obviously things that are true that you should not admit. Okay. And I think we all kind of have those in our jobs, right? Like your boss is an idiot. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But you should not admit that out loud where you were. No, that's ill-advised. Yeah, bad idea. So going back to these intelligent briefings, and we kind of talked, we kind of hit on this last week, and over the weekend, it, you know, it was still in the news cycle and all that stuff. So they caught up with the president-elect, and he says he doesn't need intelligent briefings every day because he is quote a smart person. That's his answer. Well, I'm smart. I don't need I don't need to be told this every day. And he says I don't have to be told the same thing in the same words every day. Now, again, of course that is true. But you can't say that. You can't say that. If there is no... His point being this, I'll paraphrase. His point was that if all you're going to do is tell me that the that the situation is the same as it was yesterday, that he doesn't necessarily need to do that. Now, I would agree in most circumstances, but you can't tell the American public that. And I'm going to disagree just based on the fact of there's plenty of repetition in every job. Every job. There's plenty of people out there who have to fill out their TPS report for every single file, every single time. And it's like, dude, well, this is the exact same thing. We could just copy the we could just copy the TPS. How report. many meetings do you go to at work where you talked about the same thing that was in the last meeting all the time? Repetition oh. is part of work. And here's where I want him in the intelligent briefings every day. And do I think he needs the information if nothing changed? No, probably not. But... What I do want them to do is realize that those people, sometimes it's their job, whether and sometimes it's not their job, but they're going to do it anyway. They're going to lie to him, right? Sometimes it's their job to lie to him. Sometimes it's just going to happen. I want him in those meetings so he picks up people's mannerisms so he knows when they're giving him real information or he has a better guideline of, I can't trust that. I need, I, I need to double back on that. And I know people are going to say, well, Pence is in the briefings and, you know, vice presidents kind of handle this and, you know, other people kind of do this. What I want is, does he need this information every day? No, but I want the guy running the country to want to have it because that to me now to me is presidential that I don't do. Like I said this last week about Obama v. Trump is that. Donald Trump kind of sounds, kind of comes off to me, and I don't know for sure, but he comes off to me as the guy as, dude, highlight that, show me what I need to read. Where Barack Obama's more the, no, let me read it, I'll be the judge of what it is I need to read. I don't want anybody else deciding for me what it is I need to know. I'll read the information, I'll decide what it is I need to know. Those guys come off very different in that regard to me. I, uh, I think it's, I don't know, what do I want to say? I certainly don't think that Donald Trump's an idiot. I don't think he's he's a stupid person. Um, but I definitely think this goes to show that he didn't necessarily know the scope of what he was getting himself Not into. Not at all. And, dude, let's be real. I'm sure big parts of the, of the presidency are boring as hell. Most of it. 
and that's probably the way it should be. Like, I mean, in, 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 a, in a perfect world, politics is a very boring thing. It's how it should be. And I think he's going to be very. I mean, and I'm sure. I'm sure his eyes will be open to like, dude. I just there's a lot of 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 mundane detail that I'm going to have to deal with on a regular basis if I plan on doing this job correctly. And for and to say like, oh well, dude, uh, you know, Pence is in there. Dude, I want my president being the president. I mean, that's the way briefings have always worked. They kind of get like the staff kind of like up to guard and like, okay, when when are we going to be briefing the president with this? Right? That's I mean, there's there's chains of command. I'm fine with that. But what I want is I want the guy in charge to want to be in the meeting. Okay? Like, okay, we have a weekly meet staff meeting here at the radio station. Fantone and I are not in it. I have had a problem with that since signing on at this radio station because it is a meeting that involves this radio station and this show. I'm never represented in it, and I hate it. And I feel like that that's part of what makes me a good employee. No, no, no. Don't keep me out of that. I want in on that. I can help us make. I can help us get better at that if I'm in that meeting. That's the kind of employee you should want. That's the kind of president you should want. Somebody that wants to be involved. He, it, like... I agree that it's like, I mean, if you're just going to tell me, hey, guys, guess what? The situation's the same exact as it was yesterday. You don't necessarily need to be told that. But what I want is that I need the guy who wants the info. I want the guy who's like, you know what? No, I don't trust that. Tell me what's going on. I'll decide what I need to know. The person running the country should be somebody who thirsts for knowledge. Somebody who can't stop reading just because they're engaged and they're interested. You can't just say, you can't just say, I'm a smart person, I don't need to do this. Now, Trump had once upon a time slammed Obama for skipping briefings. See, sometimes this guy forgets that the internet's real and that it's like, bro, we have everything you've ever said on record. It's on record. But does it matter? He says that, uh, it was, but he's like, this was his quote. Fact, Obama does not read his intelligence briefings, nor does he get briefed in person by the CIA, CIA or De, uh, Department of Defense. Too busy, I guess, Trump tweeted in September 2014, after what NBC describes as a dubious report from a conservative group claimed Obama had only attended 42% of his daily briefings over the previous five years. That claim came from the Government Accountability Institute, a group set up by Breitbart co-founder Steve Bannon, now Trump's chief White House strategist. Barack Obama's getting more than 42, 44% of his intelligence briefings. You know how I know? I don't even need, I don't even need the White House to tell me that. I know it by watching him. He is a engaged person. He wants to be informed. He puts a premium on being informed and on being. Now, look, I didn't love everything Barack Obama did as president. I've been very critical. As I feel like an American has the right to be critical over things that his president, his or her president does. But when you're going to put the two standing next to one another, engaged or not, intelligent or not, qualified or not, I mean, you can argue what Barack Obama's qualifications were when he when he got elected the first time. He, didn't, I mean, he was a community organizer. That, I mean, that was like his biggest credit was he was a community organizer, right? So you can you can you can have issues with that. But since taking the position, he's at least taken it very seriously. 
Like Trump is honestly, Trump is running around the country right now and he's giving answers that sound like what I've been saying all along, which is they're going to find a way to stop him from actually taking office. And I feel like he knows it and that's why he's saying what he's saying. Or he's trying to make that happen because he doesn't really want the gig. He's got to know you can't just look into a television camera and tell the American public, I'm smart. Nobody needs to get me briefed on things. I'm smart, too. So is Fantone. But if we came in here and talked about things we didn't read the day before, that's ill-advised. Right? You can't. I mean, dude, being smart is only going to take you so far. It's how you apply that intelligence that is going to decide what kind of president you are. I want you in the meeting. I'm sorry, I want you in the meeting. And again, I got a thousand tweets. Barack Obama, 44%. That's a lie. It's a lie. That's a lie. It's been way more than that. This is just, this stuff, I mean, it just gets so heated because people feel, well, and this is what I always say, dude, if you, like, it's because Democrats feel like Republicans are evil and vice versa. And as a guy who's not a Democrat, not a Republican, just kind of like a, like a countryman looking at the situation, you're both nuts. Everybody's nuts. And you just believe what solidifies your side. But we can all get behind, I want my president reading, right? I mean, didn't we all, both sides of the aisle, laugh at Sarah Palin when she couldn't list a magazine she read? That was just somebody who was like, that was the she was the vice president on the ticket. That was like a na- that was like a national joke that's that that she didn't read. Have we slipped so far in the few years since then we don't care if the president reads? People can say whatever they want about George Bush and plenty has been said, but that guy's a reader. He reads. I want Trump in the meetings. And stop t- t- tweeting at me with the 44%. It's an absolute fabrication of the facts. I don't need briefings because I'm smart. Wow. Wow. I mean, if I examine the words a little further, didn't he just say that the people giving him the briefings aren't as smart as he is? Isn't that what he's saying? Which I don't know if that's true. I would highly doubt it. I'm willing to bet somebody in that situation is is at least as smart as he is. I I would hope. I mean, dude, has this country been run this last hundreds of years with dudes who weren't as smart as he was? God, I hope not. It's craziness. Go to the meetings. Go to the meetings. Dude, this is about laziness. You just don't want to. Just go to the meeting. Be right back with more Stan's Ray Show. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stan's Ray Show on Rock 106.9. According to my cell phone, Phantom, yeah. Thursday this week, the high, 11 degrees. Dear God, the low is zero. Chief Meteorologist Stansberry, he's stepping to the AccuWeather forecast. I don't know, Doppler 3000 machine. We don't hit. We don't get back up to the 40s again until Saturday, but they say it's going to snow on Saturday. Burr. Wednesday, high of 24. Thursday, high of 11. Well, Jeez. I, I don't want to be like, hey, the thing to be excited about, but I think the winter solstice is coming pretty soon, and after that, it's just like a countdown to spring. You know what I mean? Like, really, what do we got, 90 days left to winter at the most? It's a long 90. It's a long 90. I have uh, traditionally been a Apple guy. I like my yeah. Apple. I, I like my iPhone. Um, when I had my MacBook Pro, I loved it. I, um, I'm thinking about buying another MacBook Pro now. I'm, I'm an Apple guy. 
But I will admit that Samsung kind of has my interest peaked with this whole virtual reality thing. Those commercials for that VR machine seem intense. Like mm-hmm. when people are taking it off and they're crying or you're watching old people getting freaked out by stuff. It seems like interesting, right? And I've never really used it, but uh, virtual reality, obviously, the next step of like, you know, uh, technology and electronics for gaming and that kind of thing. So I'm very interested and I kind of want, I've been thinking of now, I'm like, well, maybe I'll just get, you know, a Galaxy S7, I'll get the virtual reality machine, then I'll have this cool new thing everybody's talking about. And I've been thinking about it. But then what I'm reminded of is like all the problems that Samsung has had. Now we heard, now we know the phones were lighting on fire. Another story that came out like following that, like the month after that of the phones lighting on fire, is that their washing machines or their dishwashers, not dishwashers, but like uh, like laundry machines, yep. those were just like catching on fire, right? So there was obviously, my guess is they bought some bad computer chips or, you know, uh, you know, kind of things from a supplier and it hit multiple supply chains of their products. And so I was like, well, I don't know, dude, if your products are just like lighting on fire, I don't know if I'm buying one that straps to my face. Like that seems seems like a little bit of a risk there. But Samsung now claims that if you're carrying around one of those Galaxy Note 7s, which was the phone I wanted, I had it in my hand, was going to buy it. They say now they've been telling you for months, return it, bring it back. It's going to, you know, they're, they're faulty. Bring it back. Or you'll get a new phone. Right. But on Friday, and this is scary, and I don't like thinking about this because this is New World Order stuff, and I don't like it, that they are going to be releasing a software update to U.S. Note 7s that will prevent the phone from charging or working as a mobile device. They're going to what is called in the in the tech sector as bricking these phones. They're going to release a software update. It's going to lock your phone down. You won't be able to use it. Now, for safety of these things that are just lighting on fire, I kind of like it. But overall, I don't like the idea of that company being able to do that to me. Now, of course, I, I, I should have known that they had that ability, but it just wasn't front of mind for me. And I don't like that. That's terrifying. Yeah, but I, you know, like you said, I can't be surprised about it at all that they have the capabilities. No, no, no. And, I, you know, honestly, with like a software update, I mean, you're already kind of doing this with your phone on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Please update uh, now. You know, update now. All the time. And you update now. You update now. And I, I, I mean, just for the sake of, hey, it's not catching on fire. It's not bringing airplanes down. It's not killing people. I, 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 I'm sure there's, what do I want to say? I'm sure when you sign a contract with AT&T or Verizon or whoever, says, you know, I'm sure that's in the fine print. I was going to say, find one person who read the fine print of their cell phone agreement. Exactly. Nobody does. Nobody does. So. I just want to be able to text my girlfriend. All right, give me the phone. But this is terrifying to me because, again, what goes through my mind is, okay, great. For security measures, for you know safety and stuff, we don't want this stuff catching on fire in planes and all that. Like, fine. But I go one step further, and it's like, okay, well, when's the when's the when's the terrorist group just gonna ascend on on Samsung's headquarters and be like, yo, bro, give us control of every Samsung phone in the country, or we blow your head off? Well, but that's every technology you have, right? When, when does, scary. When does that happen at the Ford plant? When does that happen at the i you know at the i? I don't want to know the answer. And, and it, it, very possible for any of them. I just want to throw a quick shout out to Samsung. The fact that they had products blowing up and lighting fires and like killing people, and they're still okay. That's a strong. 
Samsung brand. You know what I mean? Uh, well, does that say stuff about Samsung, or does it say it about the consumer? Well, I feel like it says more about the consumer than it does about Samsung. No matter what, I mean, you're still a brand strong enough to keep people in your pocket after something like that. It's, I mean, it's impressive. That yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The fact that people weren't running in the opposite direction of you. Right. I mean, you, I'm sure when that whole phone exploding phenomena started, I'm sure execs at Apple just kind of like leaned back in their chair and were like, this is going to be great. Right. And, and, you know, and Samsung's still selling phones, so they're not doing okay. I got to tell you, I, now look, the, the, the Galaxy 7 didn't have any of these problems. It was the Note 7 that had all these yeah. problems. So I am legitimately thinking about one of these. I wish. All right, you know what? It's not enough for like a whole subject on the, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the program. But if you have like this Samsung virtual reality thing, do somebody message me? Somebody hit me up? Somebody email me? Let me know if it's worth it. I don't know if I would necessarily want to go through like a five hundred dollar change in my cell phone plan and all this stuff to do it if it's not worth it. If you have one of these things, please let me know how that works. All right, we started the program out this morning, and. We opened the show with a break about the Cleveland Browns. People got upset about it because there was a local story, and a, a listener got super mad at me because I didn't hit that local story first. We did get a little bit more information on this uh, story of the Stark County. Uh, I, I believe it was a was it a sheriff's deputy, correct? Sheriff's deputy um, who lost his life. We do have a little bit more info on that. We will get you all clued in next on the Sandsbury Show. Rock one zero six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show and Rock one zero six nine. Before moving forward, I. Uh want to remind you that I am a, a, a proud customer of CSE Federal Credit Union. And with the holiday season right around the uh, corner, you probably need some money to get through uh, some of your shopping, get all those stuff uh, bought off your shopping list. CSE uh, here locally, passing out some holiday loans. You need, need some information on a loan? Check out CSEFCU.com. As uh, they are super convenient, been banging with them for about three years, totally local, and uh, I'm completely satisfied. As a matter of fact, at the branch I use on Market, just outside of downtown, they just added a walk-up ATM like right outside the front door of that building. Just constantly trying to stay more convenient, CSE is. And uh, like I said, if you're looking for a holiday loan, help you get through this season, get some gifts bought, check out CSEFCU.com for more info. All right. We have a $50 gift card for Donato's. We'll pass that out here shortly, just a few minutes. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need for those. Every hour on the program, starting today through the 23rd of December, every hour, you're getting hooked up with a $50 gift card to an area local business. This hour is Donato's. $50 up for grabs shortly. So you may or may not have heard that a Stark County Sheriff's deputy was killed in what is being described as an accidental shooting. This was Sunday night. I believe at his residence, Chief Deputy John Campbell uh, had been with the Sheriff's Office since February of 2015, has lost his life. Deputies in the Greentown Fire Department responded uh, around 9.47 p.m. to the shooting. A news release from the Sheriff's Office said there was an accidental discharge of a firearm that traveled through a wall striking the victim. The release does not say who had fired the weapon and further details not immediately available. Campbell, survived by his wife Tammy and two sons John and Joshua, previously worked as an agent in charge of the Canton, Toledo, and Cleveland districts for the Ohio Investigative Unit. Summit County Sheriff's Office was requested to do the investigation into this matter. Um, one of the reasons, you know, and I had a listener who, you know, took me out to the woodshed because I didn't open the show with this this morning. One of the reasons I didn't do that is, is that there was going to need to be a lot of speculation on this story. And I didn't want to start 615 in the morning 
speculating on how this could have happened. Well, I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to, you know, give me a few hours, let a little bit more information come out maybe, and then we'll dive into it. We, uh, you know, I mean, certainly, while we're not a news organization, I don't want to be in the business of I don't speculating. Right. I don't want to be in the business of, well, can you, maybe this happened or this could have happened, especially when we're talking about an officer of the law losing his life. I mean. Right. And a gun firing in his home. Right. It's one thing, like you said this morning, if we're talking about Florida masturbator, Florida man masturbating. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it wrong? Yeah, that's, that, that's right. okay. But, dude, this this is a subject that obviously deserves, you know. This is real life. It's hitting a family here locally, which you know that means hundreds of people. There's cousins, you know, people that know them, neighbors and stuff. This is going to affect a lot of people here. And what I didn't want to do is be wrong. That's it. That's all. I'm I'm not going to go back at Pam all over again. I just, you know, I just didn't want to be wrong on this because it's a serious real life issue. As now there's a woman and two kids right before Christmas that don't have the head of their household. That's sad. That's sad. But I will say that accidental shooting, accidental uh, discharge of a firearm makes me suspicious. I'm, you know what? Better word is curious. I'm curious. I would like to know how that happened. What happened? Was somebody cleaning a gun in the next room? Didn't realize there was a, you know, bullet or was this, was it foul play? What happened? I don't know. But that speculation at 615 in the morning felt wrong given the fact that this guy died. You know, obviously, I, I think it's fair to say all accidental shootings are avoidable. So somewhere along the line, there's going to be some sort of like, well, this is where things went wrong. This is at this moment. Oh, through the investigation, yeah, they're going to be able to be like, well, this led to that, which led to that. And and I, I saw speculation in Facebook comments of like, oh, well, they're saying maybe it was one of his kids or, oh, dude, it was his kid cleaning a gun or whatever the case is. But until we know that to be fact or until we know at least have some sort of evidence of that, I, you know, you don't want to put that on anybody. All right. I like honesty. I like transparency. Okay. So I'm just going to be be honest with you right now about why I didn't want to start the show with this this early in the morning. You know why? Because to me, if this wasn't a local story, like if this came out of like Oklahoma, right? And I just read this, I'll be honest with you. My first thought, not that I'm right about it or not that I'm going to end up being right about it, but my first thought was police department looking to say accidental discharge of a firearm to protect one of their own and that maybe the wife or maybe one of the kids shot him. I'll just be honest with you. That was my first thought when I read the story. And again, had it been Oklahoma or had it been Wyoming, I could have maybe opened the show with it, kind of talked about it and said, hey, did you hear about this? And kind of given you that thought process. But the fact that it was local, affecting families in the listening area, I didn't think, I thought better of that and was like, you know what? You're not, you, you have no proof of that or you, there's nothing to take you down that line of thinking. This is just the way you look at the world that makes you feel like that is what happened. There's no evidence of that, at least not right now there isn't. And I felt like that was a very strange story to be doing that with. And so that's one of the reasons why I didn't get into it first thing in the morning for that. And I was just waking up and I was like, dude, you haven't even had two cups of coffee yet. Do not get into police officer dying until you're like you're awake and you have an, uh, an understanding of what it is you're saying. There was a little bit of that. A little bit of it was like, dude, get prepared for your day before you start getting into this very serious thing that affects people here locally. And, uh, you know, it was a sad thing. And we don't, uh, as of right now, I've read, you know, the official release from the Stark, uh, or, you know, from the Sheriff's Department and all that. I've read from, you know, Akron Beacon Journal right now, Canton Repository earlier this morning, and everybody pretty much saying the same thing. As of right now, we don't totally know how it happened. But uh, it did, in fact, happen. So it's a sad thing. Terrible and, thing. Like I said, now there's now a family without the head of their household right before Christmas. Like, not that there's a, a great time of the year to ever have right. it happen, but it, I mean, I don't know. It just hits home a little harder. Right. There's a dad, there's a dad that's not going to 
going to be there this Christmas. There's one less law, officer of the law out on the streets keeping everyone safe right now. So, no, it's certainly a sad thing. And I think it was the responsible thing for us to do to let, you know, facts come out before we start running our mouths about it. Again, here now, one of our listeners on Twitter had this to say. And again, this isn't necessarily a crazy thought process here. He says, my first thought when I heard it was suicide cover up. Is like you know what? Let's not let's not necessarily until we know for sure. Let's not let's throw people off that trail. Now I don't know if that's true. Or not. I have no idea. Okay, one there. I don't know. But again, that's one of the reasons why we didn't want to do it because here locally there are people who are this morning crying over this, dealing with it, reeling from it, who are gonna hear about like the fact that we had speculated that, and now all of a sudden now I'm in trouble, and now I'm I'm the guy that hates the cops. And dude, I got to I got to tell you, you got to be very careful in this position with stuff like that. You have to be very careful. You guys have an extreme amount of power. Now, you guys want a guy yanked off the radio now? Easier done than ever before. All you got to do is go on Twitter and bitch. And then sooner or later, a guy like me, out the door. And that was one of those things I thought of. I was like, dude, you got to be careful with this, man. And so I just waited a little while. And again, not as much information as I would have liked has come out yet, even still. And I, I just didn't want to not cover it. But that has happened. And uh, as we get more info, we will obviously pass it out to you. We do have a $50 gift card to Donato's. I'm going to pass that out now. Let's do that. Caller 15 at 1-800-243-7625. You're getting $50 for, uh, worth of Donato's from the Stansbury Show and Fantone. Yeah. You've been on this for a little while now. Trump is not uh, holding up his end of the bargain as far as like his campaign promises. Well, he is making good on one particular campaign promise. He is digging his heels in, and we'll fill you in next on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Carding. You can find them in Medina. They're just minutes from the square located in the old foundry building, or you can find them online at highvoltagecarding.com. That's highvoltagecardingwithak.com. High Voltage is Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor electric go-karting track in the state of Ohio. They have the best carts in the business. You're hitting speeds of around 50 miles per hour. And with the family looking to come into town for the holiday season, take them to do something a little bit different and a lot of fun. Check out more info at highvoltagecarting.com. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com. We're looking ahead at uh, tomorrow's program, 9 o'clock, New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. Uh, looks like you're going to get brand new Pretty Reckless. And... We've got word that there's new Kanye featuring Kid Cudi. So we're, uh, you know, there was a, there was a beef there with Kanye and the Cleveland area rapper Kid Cudi, and uh, apparently they've put it behind after Cudi got himself some treatment. And uh, there's a new song, so we uh, looks like we're gonna, probably going to play that for you. Haven't uh, haven't locked down the country song as of yet. And by the way, we're still looking for a local. If you're in a local band, you're a singer, songwriter, artist, rapper, whatever. Send me some stuff, stansburywrqk.com. I'd like to get a local band on tomorrow for New Tour Tuesday. New country music's always weird in the month of December because it's all Christmas music. It's like, Mama and Jesus, Jesus came over to my house. I love Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. So it's all Christmas. We're going to have to find something uh, something outside of that box. I think I can help us out with that one. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I may be able to help us out what with that one. One different one time now, Stansbury. Me, baby Jesus, man. Come on, kick it up. You know, you could do worse than hanging out with Baby Jesus. I don't know why you're knocking that. Probably true, dude. Get the thing stuck. Can you get the thing stuck with Baby Jesus riding shotgun? That's yeah, a real question. But, dude, he's... Well, yeah, it, you can get it stuck. I mean, you can still get stuck, but he's just going to Yoda that thing out of, like, the Dagobah system and just lift it straight out of there. Speaking of which, going a little Star Wars there. Here we obviously, go. <laughs> uh, obviously, movie comes out on Friday. Very excited, Rogue One. Is that Friday, all right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. December 16th there. Wow. Uh, Rogue One hits the theaters, and... 
in preparation for that, head over to WRQK.com. A guy has built a life-size AT-AT. What? What? <laughs> what? Dude, most people know what I just said. What? Most people know what an AT-AT is. What? It's this thing. You know this thing. I didn't know that was the name for it. Most people know the name of that. You know what? I, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You spent the, the, the tail end of last week bagging on my little dragon show, which, by the way, dude, my ex hates when you say that. Well, it makes her crazy when you say that. That's what it is. She's the biggest Game of Thrones nerd there is ever. Like, she has the Westeros map framed in her house. And she's like, you tell that tall moron. I, I, dude, I think, actually, she's still in contact with your girlfriend. Like, they're still friends. And I think she even, like, went so far as to, like, text your girlfriend. I was like, to tell your boyfriend I hate him over that. There you go. Life-size ad at online, WRQK.com. You know what it is, whether Phantom does or not. And again, if you're on a local band, we're looking for local submissions for New Tour Tuesday tomorrow. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. So, President-elect has, uh, Donald Trump has had some issues. A lot of people saying, Yo, you know, you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to do this and drain the swamp and lock her up and all these things. He's not doing any of it. And, you know, I've kind of taken the stance of, well, yeah, it's kind of what politicians do. It's say, you know, they kind of go around, tell you what they're going to do. And then secretly they get in and they just kind of, you know, they, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's kind of just the way politics go, right? And it's going to get harder and harder to do as we go on, as now we have the internet and, you know, what, what gets said into a microphone now, now lives forever. And people can go back to it. I think in the 80s, when I was growing up, very easy for a politician to be like, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And you never, saw the, you never saw the footage ever again because, well, we just didn't do it that way. But Donald Trump had made a promise on the campaign trail, and it looks like he is holding true to it. And now that he's the president-elect, you shall refer to this holiday as Merry Christmas. Ah. It's not Happy Holidays. This is Merry Christmas. And I've never understood why people get all up in arms about this. We'll, we'll put a pin in that. We'll get to it here in a second. Apparently, Trump told Yellowhammer Radio, and I don't know who that is. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who Yellowhammer Radio is. But not that they're not credible. I'm just saying I've never heard of it. He says, I go out of my way to use the word Christmas and argued there's an assault on anything having to do with Christianity. There is? I didn't know that. They don't want to use the word Christmas anymore at department stores. There's always lawsuits, and unfortunately, a lot of those lawsuits are won by the other side. Then Trump declared that he will fight and win on behalf of Christians who are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And so, of course, now people on the right are all happy about this. I think it, I don't want to offend anybody's religion or anybody's faith. I spent years doing it on the radio and I went out of my way to try to be as, honestly, as offensive as I possibly could about religion. I spent a decade doing it. And I go back and listen to those tapes now, and I'm honestly, I'm nauseated by the way I sounded. I just sounded crazy. And having grown up with, with more religion than any one person should have, my father was a minister, I don't understand this, you're attacking my Christianity Christmas thing. I don't get it. Again, my father was a minister. Christmas, big deal around my house as, you know, birth to Christ, that whole thing, right? But my father understood 
that there were people who felt differently, thought differently, had different ideology than he did, and that we had to make room for them. And as a child, I've talked about this a few times, my dad actually made my brother and I go to religious services of all kinds. He took us to temple. We've been to Baptist churches. I've been to every kind of church service there is, Catholic, all of them. From the time I was an early, I mean, young kid, he took us so we could be tolerant of other people. That was part of him parenting me. And I respect him a great deal for that. But he wanted us to be aware that there were people who thought differently. And then what he would do is say, is that notice that there's differences in the approach. But at the end of the day, the, the storytelling is basically the same. Don't be an ass bag. Try to do right by the person who lives next to you. And you're probably going to have a decent life. That's, that's the fundamental thing. So what I'm saying is, is that as he was a minister and a born again Christian, my father said happy holidays in the 80s. Because he understood that there were Jewish people living in his neighborhood. And he understood that they have a different approach to this holiday. And I get it. I, I, can, already hear the, I can already hear the tweets being typed up. This is a Christian nation. Says who? Says who? Why is it that you guys want separation of church and state? No, religion doesn't come into this. Religion doesn't come into this. But the moment you want to say Christmas, we're a Christian nation. Well... I mean, who's stopping anybody from saying Merry Christmas? Stores are not, look, it's not, stores aren't, they're not launching a war on your Christianity. What they're doing is making sure that they can make as much money as this. Well, yeah, see, that's again, there's like this big enemy that's that's like nameless. What? what, I'll be honest with you. I normally, you do see Happy Holidays written more than you see Merry Christmas. I hear... Happy holidays more than I hear Merry Christmas. The only time I really hear the word Christmas anymore is in Christmas songs or by people saying that station's playing Christmas music. Is Now, I don't pay attention, so I mean, I'm sure there are stores still saying Merry Christmas. I'm, I'm sure there are. Yeah. But, but I will admit that most places I go, I see Happy Holidays. And again, you're talking about a business that's looking to turn as much money as humanly possible there's a ton of competition for the holiday dollar, and they're looking not to alienate people. I don't know why that's an issue. Why is that being seen as a war on your Christianity? It's not. And honestly, having been raised by a minister, my father would tell you that the whole holiday is a war on his Christianity. Because you've turned it into Blu-ray players and Samsung virtual reality devices versus what it was really supposed to be about. You fake-ass Christians who are out there talking about how people are ruining your Christianity. You show me, honestly, you show me your Sunday morning church punch card for the last two years. A lot of empty spots on it, aren't there? But there's a war on your Christianity? Did the war on Christianity start with Andy Williams? I mean, this song is from, dude, the 1960s, if not earlier. And he's talking about happy holidays. What holidays is he referring to? Well, I believe people threw New Year's in. Well, I mean, isn't that a war on Christianity then? Did Andy Williams start this whole thing? There's no war on your Christianity. Yeah, I'd love to know. I mean, Not surrounding me- Christmas. Now, there are other things, and I know people get persecuted, whatever. But this, I think, is just retailers looking to make money. And look, if you don't want to spend your money there, don't do it. Fine. I, what have I always said about business? Let businesses be who they are, and the marketplace shall decide whether or not they stay in business. I like that. 
I'd, I'd, I'd genuinely like to see the list of companies or businesses who have sent down the corporate mandate saying you are not allowed to say Merry Christmas. There's got to be evidence of it, right? Which, in, oh, I would think somewhere. Right. Yeah, right. I would think, right? Right. Here's, here's what I'll remind you of. As you feel like you're being dragged into this world, we can't even say Christmas anymore. What do I say to, those, to the millions of people who have lived in New York City their entire lives as Jewish Americans? who were constantly being told Merry Christmas for decades upon decades upon decades, and nobody ever stopped to think about it. Well, who cares if there's a Christian nation? No, it's not. No, it isn't. How come we don't want it to be a Christian nation when we're talking about the White House? We, we, only, want it to be a Christmas, we only want it to be a Christian nation in December and January? That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. And plus, like I said, dude, show me your punch card from going to church. I drive by churches on Sunday morning. They're pretty empty for all of you being hot and bothered about this. What does the Starbucks cup look like? Does it say Christmas? No way. No. No, there's no way that leftist, devil-breeding, awful company, I hope people are picking up on the sarcasm there, uses the word Christmas. There's no way. Right? I think, aren't there? Are, no, because the Trumpers are mad at them, right? And that remember, that was the whole boycott. We're going to boycott Starbucks by going to Starbucks. <laughs> Dude, that's coming from the I don't need the intelligence briefing community. I just don't view this as a war on Christianity. I really don't. I, I, I mean, my father, my dad's been dead 15 years, I think it is now. And I remember ha- hearing this conversation at his dinner table around the holidays. And I remember my brother saying, you know, hey, there's war on Christianity. And my dad would always say, no, there isn't. There's just us making room for other people who think differently than we do. And again, he took us to all those services as kids so we could be exposed to it, so we weren't afraid of it. Dude, Jewish people are nothing to be afraid of. Unless you face them in court, then that's going to be a bitch. But outside of that, they're all right. They're going to be fine. Plus, Macy's can't stop you from saying Merry Christmas. Right? Like, it's like the CEO of Macy's isn't coming to, your, to, to the store and be like, you just told our clerk Merry Christmas, you can't shop here anymore. They may not say it to you, but is your Christianity so fragile that if somebody doesn't say the exact phrase you want to hear, it's an assault on you? Well, do words hurt or do they not hurt? Or can I be offended or can I not be offended? Because 10 minutes ago you were telling me, oh, you need a safe space from words. Oh, oh, go get your little, your special little snowflake. Oh, words hurt. Oh, dude, be tougher. Quit being offended. Quit being offended. And somebody says happy holidays. Whoa, whoa. Now, Jeff, yeah, absolutely. Jeff is uh, tweeting and says, why is Christmas a national holiday if we're not a Christian country because we're a consumerist country Jeff because we're a capitalist society and this is how they get you out in the worst time of the year to spend money in stores let's not pretend Christmas is about the birth of Jesus anymore or that it ever was I mean, doesn't the doesn't the whole ritual of Christmas go back to just like a winter solstice? Yeah, but that's why the Christian Church decided to take over what people were already kind of doing and saying the reason you're celebrating all these pagan things is because the birth of Jesus. So they kind of hijack things there. And if I say happy holidays nowadays, can I just be saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year? Isn't that the same thing? I'm just shorting. I'm shortening it. I'm abbreviating. How do you know I'm talking about anything Jewish? How do you know I'm talking about Kwanzaa? 
And Jeff, what I will say to you is, is that I don't view us as a Christian nation because we were founded on the freedom of all uh, freedom for all religions. It wasn't founded on we want the freedom for religion, but only this one. So I would say, if anything, we are in a non-religious nation in the sense that we want people to be able to celebrate any religion that they want. That's not a Christian nation. That's giving people the option to, to be behind any religion they want. Ex- for that whole Muslim thing. We're not wild about that. I mean, dude, Starbucks hands you a cup of Christmas blend in a red and white cup that is obviously winter themed. And how are they not representing your Christianity? Macy's is having a Christmas sale on Christmas trees and they're selling them to you for 50 percent off. How how are they? How how are they stifling your religion? You know what offended my dad back in the day, honestly, about Christmas was when people would write Xmas and not Christmas because he's like, dude, you're taking the Christ out of it. He's like, and he didn't, now he didn't view it as an assault on his Christianity because again, he knew who, how he felt about the Lord and he knew how he felt about Jesus and the Bible and all that. And that other people's opinions on it couldn't shake what his religion was because he was staunch in it because his Christianity was in fact just that it was his, not yours. Nobody can affect your Christianity. You mean, dude, Macy's can affect your relationship you have with God? That sounds absolutely asinine to me. It just does. Sounds crazy. And again, going back to my dad, a minister, what he would say is, you know what the real assault on my Christianity is? Two for one sweaters at Old Navy. Not what we call the holiday. That's what takes you off focus of it. It's an attack on my Christianity. Is that so? So Christmas in your household is all about the religious aspect for you and your kids, or is it about a Sony PlayStation Four? Because my guess is it's about a Sony PlayStation Four. I mean, we are owned by the biggest media company on the face of the planet. Damn right. Um, we, uh, you know, and I would say iHeart is a pretty progressive company. They're 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 pretty well buttoned up on like in the sense that we like picking people up off the ground. Yeah. Well, but like. And we, working for a giant media conglomerate, have one of our radio stations in this very building dedicated to 100% Christmas music all the time. I mean, like... Is anybody calling it holiday music? No. It's called Christmas music. From the biggest media company on the face of the planet. Okay. I gotta tell you, dude, from the suck it up and just accept it culture, it's dude, you guys don't like doing it on your end at all. Stop being so offended. Just what are you getting offended about? I mean, I honestly, I mean, dude, I'm I hate the PC movement. And notice, I'm I feel like I'm still allowed because I'm looking at you guys going, dude, stop being so PC about it. Who cares? Just words. You, you need a safe space. Suck it up and get over it, man. She lost. He won. She lost. Okay, well, then you suck this up and just get over it. We're not a Christian nation. We were founded on the freedom of re- for the religion. That means them all. That doesn't mean the religion you like. That means them all. You know what? I tell you, dude, I feel like a lot of you could use another crash course in the Bible. Maybe crack that book open. Jesus was giving you a lot of good teachings in that book. Not one of them had to do with what you called the holiday. Not one. The same people who are like, you're attacking my Christianity, are the same people that roll their windows up at the freeway exits when the guy's asking for change. Because you're so much of a Christian, you hope that guy dies in the cold outside. Because you're so Christian, 
God, you're so hypocritical. It's the worst. There's nothing worse than people that think they're religious that aren't. There's nothing worse than that. Maybe my ranting about it. <laughs> but short of that, there's nothing worse than people that think they're religious who secretly behind closed doors aren't. And chances are you're probably worse than anybody else. Like I said, I live across the street from a church in Canton, Ohio. That parking lot is empty Sunday morning. You want me on your side? Start filling the buildings. Then I'll take what you have to say. Until then, shut your mouth. Happy holidays. We'll be back to close out the program next. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online WRTK.com. Head over there. Check out a little video of a guy making himself a life-size ad-at, getting ready for the Star Wars movie on Friday. Larry tweets in and says, Let's not forget that the founders of this nation were deists, not Christian. So you're actually correct about not founding as a Christian nation. Yeah, knew that. But thank you, Larry. I appreciate you being up to speed. Dude, our uh, our number one hater, Ken, is super mad. What's super mad. About? Well, he's mad because I like, went off on Christmas, and he's one of those guys that oh. I accurately called out who's going to talk about how he's a Christian and how this is a Christian nation yet never goes to church. He's one of those. And so uh, he's, he's all... Like, seriously pissed off. Looking ahead at tomorrow, 9 a.m., it's New Church Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there. Um, we were searching for a country song, and asking you shall receive a member of our audience, Dan Winger, sent in this song. He goes, this came out a little while ago. It's not necessarily real new. It's about a month old. He said, but I haven't heard you guys play it yet, and it's not getting a ton of love anywhere else. And I just, he says, this just sounds like New Church Tuesday. And uh, the name of the song is Big Booty Country Girl. Dude, it pisses me off so bad when rappers just want to rap about bitches with big asses. I hate that. All right. Yeah, dude. You know, it just, it just, that's all they rap about nowadays. It's just big butts. It's disgusting. These rappers. Big booty country girl will be on the program tomorrow. Also, um, some new Kanye. And we're looking for a local. Send me your stuff, stansbrawrqk.com. Include a short little bio of the band, a radio clean edit of the uh, song, and we'll try to get you premiered there. Do you got big plans for the afternoon, buddy? Nothing, dude. Uh, my girlfriend's at work, so I'm kind of like, dude, yes, I'm just going to sit around, watch pro wrestling, do nothing, <laughs> masturbate feverishly. Like, dude, I got nothing. What do you got going on? Dude, I, uh, dude, I always say I want a girlfriend, but then I hear you always talk about how you're just going to masturbate with like fever in the afternoon. And I'm like, well, dude, if I have a girlfriend, I still have to do that. Like, yeah. I, I didn't know I still had to do that. No, dude, I got I got I got literally no plans. So I feel like a uh, a, uh, a whole bunch of nothing is on the agenda. What's uh, what's your story? I know dude, you're not nothing. golfing. No, uh-huh. honestly, man. Well, here's the thing. I haven't hit a golf ball in quite a while now. Yeah. And it's kind of freaking me out. Luckily. Here locally, we have Skyland Pines in the area, and they have like they have uh, w- like a heated driving range. So I actually may hit a golf ball today. It's been a little while since I've done it, ha- and uh, well, dude, I miss it a great deal. I hate winter. I'm not like I don't ski. No. I tried snowboarding years mm. ago. wasn't very good at it. Almost killed a woman up at Peak at Peak in New York. Like, Sounds about right. Seriously, knocked like a 60 year old woman right over on the hill. Her husband not thrilled at all. That was like a big ordeal. So I'm, I'm just not good at the snow things. And so like I don't like. Well, I just well I don't like the cold weather. I'm I'm, uh, I'm, I'm dude. I do the. Why are we not boycotting that? Why are we not boycotting? Dude, boycott winter. I uh, dude, I want the snow. So no, I'll probably be locked up inside uh, today, and uh, well, 
as pathetic as it sounds, I'll probably play hours of Battlefield on my Xbox. There we go. The Stansberry Show. What do you guys do after the show? I just masturbate and play video games. Well, the good thing is I don't have to take an intelligence briefing today because I already <laughs> did my one for the week. So I'm done. All right. Aside from that, we are done. We should make you aware of this if you didn't hear all day today. Yeah. All day tomorrow, every hour on the program, you're getting hooked up with a different $50 gift card to an uh, area local business there. It's like high-voltage carding is part of this. Donato's Pizza is part of this. The Canton Charger part of this. Hard Rock Roxino is part of this. So we'll pass out gift cards starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Have a great day.